Andy, did you already do subtitles or no? No, I haven't yet. Did you? No. no. Wait, more up. There, okay, wait, there it is. Turn subtitles on. I, I couldn't remember where to go for a second. <laughs> I never said butt. What the hell? <laughs> it translated Andy's laugh to butt. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, no. Indy's, Indy's laughter? Yeah. <laughs> uh. I I must not enunciate very well, and the Skype fucking translate thing makes me very aware that I do not see clearly. I am a sudden, I see it very well in the Skype. (laughs) That is gold. Case in point. See, I can't even get out what I'm trying to say. You can't even enunciate, enunciate. I mean, you you guys can clearly understand me, right? It's just Skype being a fucking bitch. What? Can you I never said no, what the hell? (laughs) It looked like I, I lost the fucking subtitles. They all went away. Uh, you guys can... Yeah, okay. So Skype understood that when I went on my little rant there. Uh, you know, I it, it, it likes to do that little, you know, star thing with the word fuck, which is weird. It did it with bitch, too. <laughs> Hawk. Skyhawk. <laughs> yeah, we tried testing this the other Hawk. day. Andy, when you Scott were, Hawk. <laughs> we were we were trying to say Weather. like Mike Hawk and see if Mike Hawk comes up. Hey, it says it, Mike it, Hawk. It, it doesn't say Mike Hawk. Again, see, I'm not, I'm not enunciating, so it's not Mike getting Hunt. Mike Hawk. It's getting Mike Hawk. Just what I intended it to get in the first place. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Bry Guys Super Friends. I'm your host, Brian Labick. Joining me for this episode is Andy Stoles. What's up, podcast people? And Mike Bradley. I had a plan to steal that for this episode, and then you announced him first. <laughs> so, <laughs> kind of keeping you guessing. It's kind of my thing to fuck up the intro and then complain about it. <laughs> so that that's my you know that that's my thing. So. Like I'm, I'm, I purposely try to switch it around just to keep you on your toes. But I'm really proud of myself every time I do this, and you admit to being thrown off, because I figure at some point you're going to be ready for the point that I put you in. Yeah, yeah like tonight I was ready for that first slot, and then fucker, you just went to the other one. <laughs> See, you got too comfortable. I, I guess. I mean. <laughs> Uh, all right, so uh, I'll be honest. We uh, weren't really sure what, what to record for this episode. Uh, so we have some ideas for some upcoming episodes. Actually, we were talking about that off air. Uh, a lot of them are MCU-themed, and with Captain Marvel and Endgame steadily approaching, we wanted to try to get something in in that vein. To, to, to I guess it'll be, they'll come out between the two. We have we have stuff planned between the two movies. We got about a month, month and a half. No, two months. No, yeah. Month, yeah, about two months because it's beginning of March, end of April. So about about two months to play with there, to put some stuff in there. So as long as everything goes according to plan, uh, you'll be seeing some some hopefully fun stuff or listening, not seeing, listening to some hopefully fun stuff uh, coming through. Um, they might be using a visualizer. Geez. Well, they could. Yeah, 
That would work. Let's just see the the wavy lines go up and down. Yeah, yeah. I think all the work I do on like the Jeopardy games that goes unseen by the audience is a shame. I put a lot of <laughs> I put a lot of work into those panels and making a you know a page up so that it actually looks like a Jeopardy board. Mm. Well, let's you record the whole next one on your phone and you can put it up on YouTube. Pass. <laughs> I'm actually surprised there isn't like a website that'll let you make your own Jeopardy boards. There probably that is. Could be- I was going to say, that could be a million-dollar idea, Andy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if there's not already, that could be like the new cornhole, you know, for smart people. <laughs> uh, all right, so for, for this one, even though we, we weren't really sure what to do, we, we kind of decided to come up with something a little bit easy and just catch up with each other. So we, we went for the, the What's Up With You style episodes. Uh, so if you haven't listened to those before... It's a little more casual. We just kind of talk about what we've been watching, playing, reading, anything else we've been up to lately. And, I don't know, we just end up gushing about something we, I don't know, want to gush about, or there's stuff we want to rant about. Either way, hopefully you'll learn something. Um, and we sort of just, we did, picked an order beforehand, so we're going to go Andy first, Michael mentioned something, and then we'll end with me, and we'll just loop back around for whatever we want to cover. Um, so, that's all I got. Andy, if you want to kick us off. Um, sure. Uh, I'm going to talk about some of the stuff I've been watching on Netflix. Ooh, okay. So, um, I'm going to start with Voltron. Finished it. Ooh, good, good pick. Oh, man. Uh, it, uh, we're going to try and keep the spoiler free, I'm guessing. Please, I have not started yet. I am, uh, planning that. You haven't even started Voltron yet? Not yet. (laughs) That is, that is actually was something I was planning for like it, next week during the week. <laughs> um, it burns us. <laughs> uh, it's it's excellent um, from beginning to end, and it only gets more complex and endearing the more you watch it. In my opinion, Wait, how how long did you start it? Do you, have you been starting when it first came out, or you yeah, catch up? First came out, I've been trying to keep up. You know, a couple of times, you know, maybe I didn't get to the newest season right away, but you know, every time there's new episodes, I make it a point to watch them. Yeah, I know. I think I could speak for Eric and Romano also. I know the two of them were watching it pretty religiously too. And I think the first couple of seasons, it was they were like full seasons of like thirteen right. episodes or something. Yeah, and then it got goofy in the middle, and they started doing like these weird six episode seasons, right. and and that like threw me off a little bit. So it, it seemed like episode like season four point zero, and then episode four point five, and it was odd. But yeah, I don't know if they just got to a point where it was like it's it's it, like animation probably takes a long time to make but they still wanted to get stuff out there to keep people interested in the show. So they were doing like right. these half season things, right? They were coming out quicker. You were just getting less content. Isn't that kind of what rebels did by releasing like half seasons? I don't remember rebels doing half season. I mean, I they think did like 10 episodes shorter. They did like 10 episode. Like when you went to buy them, I can tell you like you would buy like season two, part one. That was the first 10 episodes. And then you would buy season two, part two, which was the next 10. Yeah, uh, well, I think they did like the uh, like typical uh, like t- TV season stuff where they'd start in you know the fall and then they would take a break of two or three months and then come back and oh. finish up. Okay, that that actually yeah that makes sense because they always had like their mid season break just like most other shows did. 
Yeah, I, I forget that a lot of shows have been doing that. Sorry, didn't mean to derail the conversation. No, 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 you're good. Oh, no, it's fine. Uh, Brian, you watched it, I take it? Yes, it? yeah, I did finish it, yes. What did you think? I, granted, I didn't really watch the, like, the 84 Voltron, the old Voltron, so I just kind of caught this when it came out on Netflix and decided to give it a shot, because I knew of Voltron, but I never dove into Voltron, so I was like, yeah, I'd like to check it out. Um, first season especially, I was surprised at how funny the show was. Yeah, they did a good job incorporating humor into it. Yes, um, and there's a there's an episode later in one of the later seasons where they play D and D like a D and yep. D type game. That I love that episode. That episode <laughs> cracked me up as a former D and D player. Yeah, it's so funny. Sh- Shiro in that episode had me in stitches. It's great, <laughs> so great. Yeah, yeah. The the thing I really like about Voltron, Mike, and I'm I'm hoping that you'll find this to be. Uh, something that you'll catch on to as well is is you can kind of associate with with each character and and how they grow as as the, as the series goes on. Yeah. Okay. That's always a good thing. Yeah, yeah. I thought they did a really good job of uh, um, keeping the plot moving while also giving you very nice character portraits on each. There's some very okay. good story twists in mm-hmm. there. Yeah. The story went a lot of places that I did not expect it to do. No, yeah. Especially there's there's a couple of things in the final season that I was like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. So what yeah, was I, this last one the final season or just the newest season? No, no, final. It's, it's, it's final? I believe, okay. I believe it's over, yeah. Yeah, it's a complete series right now. Okay. All the better to start watching it then. Yeah, yeah. You can, you can just engulf it all yes exactly <laughs> i actually i prefer that quite a bit and yeah. i'll explain why more later on something i want to talk about oh, okay cool mm-hmm. and they go um, quick too they're like 50 20 minute episodes or 20 yeah, minute episodes that's, that's what i like about it you can like sit down and just watch an episode and then you can kick it off and go do something else or you can just sit there and just like tape open your eyes and watch <laughs> the whole thing yeah you it's know. very very binge worthy yeah um, the other thing on Netflix that we just finished, and it's also a complete season now, is um, Series of Unfortunate Events with uh, NPH. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Neil Patrick Harris. Um, do you, are you guys familiar with that series, the book series, anything? Not really, personally. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat. I know it exists as a show and as a book series, but I couldn't really tell you anything about either. Did you guys watch the Jim Carrey movie that was out maybe like... 10 years ago no also no okay um sell us on it andy <laughs> i know josh well, is NP- it. nph is is really good in it he plays actually the um antagonist count olaf mm-hmm. and he um pretty much yeah, he's he plays a different character in each of the books. So they they these children lose their parents in a in a, a giant fire. Uh it's a boy and two two girls, one's an infant. And <laughs> Count Olaf is the um Basically, they get looped into him every time they go to a new location to try and find a foster family. Okay. And uh, it, it craziness ensues. <laughs> How many seasons? 
three seasons. Okay. And it's it's over. Like they stopped it and everything. So. So does it follow it's, the books? I never read the books, but I am very curious to read them now that I've seen this. You know. Okay. What I mean? So I didn't want to pick them up and start reading them after like the first season or whatever. So. Right. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. I. I... Have seen it. I I can't really contribute to the conversation for that one because I haven't I haven't watched it or anything. But yeah, I'm yeah. The, I mean, I've heard good things from people that have seen it. Yeah, same here. I haven't heard anything it's, bad. Yeah, it's goofy. I mean, nothing wrong with it's goofy, goofy, but but it's endearing. Cool, cool. I'd suggest to give it a whirl. All right. Um... The most recent thing I've watched on Netflix is a show called Russian Doll. Oh, so that was actually just recommended to me by uh, my buddy's wife. Um, Mike, have you no familiar? Uh, Natasha Leone from American Pie. I don't know if you know who she is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's the main star on it. It's kind of like a really fucked up Groundhog Day from Bill Murray. That's how it was described to me. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> it does get a little... Um, hmm. It it feels almost like a whodunit or what's going on the whole time you're watching it, you know? Okay. And um, there <laughs> should be a season two. <laughs> <laughs> so um, season one uh, left a lot of questions to be answered, in okay. my opinion. Um, it... There's a lot of uh, expletives in it, so <laughs> immediately I was like, this is awesome. Um, <laughs> That's all it takes to keep Andy happy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of really clever plot twists, in my opinion, to it. And I believe Natasha Leone is the one that is either producing or writing this show. She's Yeah, so I think somebody told me she wears a lot of hats for that show. Yeah, she stars in it, and I believe she either created it or is in the writer's room or directing or blah, 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 something or another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I believe also, uh, God, what's her name? Amy Poehler is somehow tied into it. Oh, okay, okay. But uh, she is not actually in the show. Gotcha, okay. So. Yeah, it was, it was recommended to me actually this past weekend. I just haven't started it yet. I intend to, I just haven't got there yet. We watched it in one night. <laughs> I think it's, it's like, a short season, right? Like eight episodes or something? I, I, th- I believe it's eight, yeah. But it's like, we must know! And at the end, you're like, no, we don't know! <laughs> <laughs> so expect a cliffhanger ending. Got it. Yeah, it, it's, it's sort of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. You, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there, there's some pretty fucked up stuff that goes on in that, so. <laughs> Just, just FYI, expect a little bit of. Even just it. watching a little bit of like the pre, Creepy. like the Netflix preview for it. Yeah, like it's got like a dark comedy type of tone to it. Oh yeah, but there's 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 a lot of dark to it. So <laughs> just, just FYI. <laughs> um, and then the last thing that we watched on Netflix is a movie called IO with Anthony Mackie. Yes, oh, I, I did watch I this. One. You did watch IO? Yes, yes, I did watch what IO. Did you, what did you think? I thought it was really... <laughs> it had something, and it just kept falling short of being this amazing movie. It was... Right? It, it, right? It, I, I was into it, and I'm like, do it, do it, and then... 
Never did it. <laughs> exactly. Like, it, it has this awesome, like, sci-fi future plot going on. Right. And, like, the, the cinematography's amazing. Yeah. You know? and, and Anthony Mackie, you know, he never really disappoints, honestly, in a role I've never seen no, him he disappoint. Was, he was really good in it. And the whole idea of, like, somebody that stayed behind when we had to repopulate to another planet to try and fix earth because of what went wrong. Yeah. That's an amazing storyline that just yeah. never paid off in any way. It, it felt like right. 75% of that movie. I felt like, Oh my God, this is amazing. Yeah. It, yeah. And the other and then 20, the closer you got to the end, you're like, okay, they're ending it in five minutes. This is going to suck. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like this, this needs to not end on this note that they're going to end it on. It needs to not, it happened. God. And then the credits, yeah, and you're just like, son of a God, come on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this could have been really cool. And it just wasn't. So Brian, uh, think Wally, except there were humans that stayed behind. Okay. Okay. That's and, actually really except good. Except for like trash, it's it's toxicity in the air. Okay. Uh, I think uh, what did they? Um, was it, it wasn't. Oh, what was it? Carbon dioxide that they were breathing in. <sighs> they mentioned that the the actual chemical, but I can't remember what it was. Yeah, there there was some chemical imbalance in the air, mm-hmm. and. There was still pockets of breathable air on the planet. But you had to be in, like, higher altitudes and stuff. Right. But then a storm yeah. would blow in, and it would blow a bunch of the bad air into places, and it would shift things. And it, it was, again, so many cool fucking ideas. Yeah. And it, I, I'd say, like, Mike, I probably enjoyed 75% to 80% of that movie. And then there are a couple of moments where I'm like, no, no, don't. Uh, don't. Aww. <laughs> Yeah. The, yeah. The whole well. Bottom line: Would you guys recommend it for people to watch? I'd still say yes. Yes, I I I feel like as disappointed as I was with the ending that it it still like I I sort of had this. It still had this ire of majesty to it, in my opinion. You know, okay. I was like watching it with like starry eyes, like wow, wow. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if you like the apocalyptic drama. This is fantastic for, like we said, the 80% of the movie. Yeah, some okay. parts of it actually felt like, what was that movie, I Am Legend? Yes. Yeah. It, it, there's parts of it yeah. where it has a, that tone to it without the monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, right. You know. But it, it definitely, it worked on so many levels. And then, damn it. Poof. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. But if, yeah, if you're a fan of Anthony Mackie, I didn't really recognize the girl. No. But I looked her up on IMDb, and she did have some other credits, but they were... Obscure? Yeah. Or something that and I just wouldn't, wouldn't have watched. You'd recognize her dad. Um, yeah. He's... Uh, he he plays um, Striker in X-Men Origins. Yep. Yep. That guy plays the... There's like only like three people whose faces you really see in this whole (laughs) thing. Um, And it's the two of them and and her dad. Right. I I can't recall any other faces that you actually see. Um, You hear a voice. 
Yeah, you hear the one voice. But yeah, I don't think you actually see that, it. Yeah, no, you don't actually see that person, so. So, yeah. Gotcha. I, I, I'd watch it because it that 80% that's good is still worth the 20% that's bad. This isn't like the circle where it was like a, you know, it's nothing like that. Like, this is not a <laughs> complete, like, disappointment. Yeah, highly recommend not watching the circle. <laughs> yeah. But this one, yeah, you know, if you're, you know, Anthony Mackie fan, I'd give it a whirl. Cool, cool. Maybe, maybe the the things that it dropped underneath for us will go over for you. Well, so I don't know. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but that has been my Netflix. So that was like your your first little category or whatever. You said you had like six categories or whatever, yeah, right? Yep. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm going to add to Making his sure you category. Didn't do three of your six just now uh, before I start my first own, uh, since it is <laughs> Netflix. Um, and ask if either of you guys have done Bandersnatch. I say done because it's not really watch. It's also experience Bandersnatch. Right. It's like interactive somehow, right? Yeah. You actually have to watch it on, like we did it on PlayStation um, to watch it. You have to have a controller. Okay. Um, yeah, I did not do that, no. Definitely that, do it's, it. it. It's like. It's choose your own adventure type of stuff. Yes. It, so like the general plot is that. Um, it's kind of a horror comedy sort of thing based. So it's typical like Black Mirror fashion. Yes. Yeah. Standard Black Mirror type stuff that you would expect. Okay. Um, and the story is essentially that a young man in the eighties develops, might be seventies. I can't remember if they said late seventies, early eighties, but he develops his own like IP video game called Bandersnatch. And it's all about him trying to get the game published, finish writing, you know, the code for the game, all that stuff. It, it this is the basis of the the back end of the plot. And the shit that happens is awesome. And there actually is ways to lose. Wait, you can lose? Yes, you can lose and have to start over. <laughs> oh, is it, I was going to say, is there replayability to this? Yeah, well, what it does, like, so if you get to a point where, like, you make certain decisions that result in a loss, it reverts you back to the beginning, plays through all your decisions that you made up to that point, and then lets you make the other choice. Okay. And say, like, okay, so you decided to do this, and this is where you kind of started to fuck up, because if you match this with this with this, you lose. So we take you back to that first choice, and you can choose to do the same, and then maybe do something different afterwards that changes things, or you can choose the different choice there, and see what happens afterwards. So, or you can choose to quit. So, like, usually, like, a loss ends in your own death in some way. You mean, like, they actually film different losses for you. (laughs) So that, like, it's not just like, oh, you lose. We don't have anything. It's this is what happens because you made this choice. You're dead. So when that choice. I remember reading those books and turning to that page and going, fuck. And having to turn back to the other pages. Yes. (laughs) And and it does it for you. It's, It's worth the experience. Do I think they told a great story? No. Um, Because there's not one story. You know, like, it, it, this story can play out in several different ways, and it legitimately can, so it's really fun to do. 
Um, and I'm sure soon the there will first... be a drinking game attached to it in some way. It's the first show of that sort, right? That actually has like the interactive capabilities. I don't or know one, of any others. One that's, right, or one that's you know hasn't been as popular, I guess. But it's at least the one that's making headlines right now. Right. Yeah, I was gonna say I. There could be other things out there, but it you know, leave that for the comment section, guys. If you know of any others, we'll totally get a comment about that. Mike, have you like played through it more than Come once? On, or Chili. You just done it once. Um, what we did was we when we did it originally, like we failed several times, um, trying to get to an actual ending. Um, so we played through it, and then once you finish it. It'll actually like you finish like a either like happy true ending or happy bad ending, which there's several of both, I think. Um, and it'll give you the option to go back to a, to different points in the story and continue on from that point instead of restarting the whole thing to try and see what happens if you make this decision instead. Even if you get to the right. ending, you can replay parts of it to see what else happens. Um, so we played through several. And not knowing how many there was, we just kind of said, okay, we've seen four or five, six, whatever it was. And we just said, okay, that's enough. You know, like yeah, it, okay. it's still just, you know, I, I, I recommend doing it once or twice. <laughs> doing the four, five, six thing that we did. Eh, it got a little boring. Um, yeah. All right. But uh, I just wanted to throw that in while he was talking about Netflix because I feel like it's something we hadn't talked about that's very much up our alley. Yeah. It's like I knew of it. And, but I, I didn't know how connected it was to the other Black Mirror stuff, which I haven't watched. So I was really wasn't really Black, on my way to watch. Black, Black Mirror typically Mirror is isn't like, connected. Yeah, it's like the Twilight Zone, where every episode is a little bit yeah dis- right. disconnected from all the other ones. Yeah, it, it's not it's not a continuous show. You can pick up any episode and watch, which is a, one of the things I love about it. Um, so, right. Yeah, yeah, that maybe I'll have, to ch- I'll have to try to check it out. So should I move on to my actual first thing? <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you're going under your thing, go for it. Okay, so the first thing I have on my list, um, uh, I'll just go right into the movie since it's at the top of the list. I talked to Brian and Josh about this a little bit pre-show, mentioning that I got to see it because I was excited. Um, it's a movie called The Man Who Killed Hitler and Then the Bigfoot, uh, starring Sam Elliott. And what is that guy's name? Why is his name skipping out on me? The guy from... Damn it, Office Space. Um, Ron Livingston. Um, okay. Yeah. Th- th- those are your stars here. Um, Sam Elliott is... He's got some star power, then. It, honestly, for a movie called The Man Who Killed Big- or Hitler and then The Bigfoot, when I first seen the title of the movie, I was shocked when I seen Sam Elliott took the lead in it. Because that right there changes it from a silly-sounding movie with the title to, well, shit, if Sam Elliott's in it, and he's playing the lead, maybe we need to pay attention to this. And you absolutely need to pay attention to this movie. Um, It is maybe my favorite performance ever from Sam Elliott. Um, The basis of the movie is that he plays what you might consider like a grizzled old war veteran um, who in his time, had been the man responsible kill- for killing Hitler. Um, it tells its own story as to why, you know, like, 
the, the 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 story that we know as far as history goes of Hitler killing himself with Eva Braun in the bunker isn't true. It tells its own story and explains how he actually killed Hitler and why that isn't the case. Um, I'm not going to spoil anything, but it does tell the story as to why that happens. Um, sufficiently so. Um, and the story's told in a monologue from Sam Elliott that is one of the better comments on society itself that I have ever heard in a movie. Um, so it's 100% for that monologue alone, it is worth watching that movie. That said, um, Sam Elliott, he plays a grizzled war veteran who had killed uh, Hitler in his time, and some G-men uh, come to see him. I can't remember if they identify themselves as being from the FBI or not, but basically the case is... is that the Bigfoot is real and it is spreading a virus across the Northwest that's killing a bunch of animals in a wilderness area that will eventually be kind of like a bird flu to us. And they need him to go track it and kill it. Um, because other people have tried, so on and so forth. And evidently it turns out that he is somehow immune to the virus that it's spreading to people. Um, they tested people, whatever, and among their war hero soldier types like that, he was the one who was immune. Whatever. They need him to go and do it. And the story progresses from there. Um, and the whole time, you know, this movie is never about him killing Hitler or him killing the Bigfoot. And I think that is the most important thing to note. This is not... It, this movie is absolutely a drama, but it has it has its comedy. Don't don't get me wrong in any way. It has its comedy and it plays it very well. But if you ask me to summarize the plot in a more distinct way, I'd say it's a story about an old man and his dog, more than it is about killing Hitler and the Bigfoot. Which I okay. Um, I think is a very interesting take on it. Uh Amy, on the other hand, tried to watch the movie and couldn't get through it. Um, so I think it's a matter of taste, uh, for sure. Um, but I can't recommend it enough. Uh, it, it is absolutely worth whatever price you have to pay to see it. And so, where did you watch it? Did you, yeah, how did you watch it? it uh, it's a rentable independent film. So it, it, okay. instead of being like the normal four or five dollars to rent, it's more like seven or eight. Okay. Um, but as soon as I seen it, I had to watch it. I didn't, you know, I wasn't going to wait any longer. How did you hear about it before it came out? Uh, originally, I heard about uh, this movie when I was researching the top movies for 2019 list. Um, I was seeing, okay. you know, just kind of like looking I, through yeah, pages. Yeah, it was one of your honorable mentions or something, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Uh, I believe. I know I talked about it on that. Yeah, I remember it being brought up at some point. Honorable mention or not specifically, but, um, but yeah, just researching what movies were coming out that I might not have heard about yet, I came across this one. Um, I'm really glad I did. I I can't, like I said, I can't recommend it enough. Was it a book before a movie? I have no idea. Um, Yeah, it was honorable mention for you, Mike. I verified. Okay. Uh, the best I could do for you on that is just Google it real quick. 
<laughs> um, because I, I honestly don't know. I didn't research any further. Um, I'm lazy like that. All right. Well, at least that's enough to go on for the for the movie anyway. If somebody wants to check it out. It sounds kind of neat. The title of it makes it sound like it's a B-movie. Yeah. Like uh, a goofy B-movie. <laughs> I do not see anything here about it being a book. Okay. Um... I mean, currently it's sitting at 75% from Rotten Tomatoes, which isn't so bad for a movie with that title. It's not a movie to miss. It's definitely worth the time. And it's not very long either. It was only about an hour and a half. You know, like old movie standard length, not new movie standard length. Gotcha. All right. Um, is that your, your first pick? That Yeah. That, or do you have like a... Okay. No. I didn't know if you had a little group like Andy or not. No, no, I don't for the movie. That's the only big new movie I watched. I could mention that I finally got to watch uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet today. Um, yeah. <laughs> that that came available to rent, so I checked that out. It was fun. You know. I don't think it was as good as the first movie. Um, but it was still fun. And I already spoiled Groot for Andy, so I'll say that was definitely my favorite scene. What did, what did you spoil? <laughs> Uh, the the baby Groot cameo in Ralph breaks the internet. When we were when did you spoil that for me? Besides right now, uh, <laughs> when we were doing the hundred and fiftieth. Oh, okay, yeah, I remember now. Yeah, I, I didn't spoil what happens, and I'm still not going to do it. But it is fucking hilarious, and uh, okay, definitely my favorite moment in the movie. I still need to see that one. I recently got um. Got to watch the first one with Emily, so we were waiting for the second one to come out. You'd seen the first one before, right? I had. She hadn't. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that first one is, is top tier for me. I, uh, I love that movie. Absolutely. such a great movie. Yeah, I don't think this one's like bottom tier or anything. It just didn't have the same magic that the first one did for me. I think a lot of what was good about that movie, I feel like, was in the previews. And and a lot of there's a key sequence somewhere in the middle that I think was screened at like Comic-Con or, or some sort of convention that I read about before seeing the movie. So I knew a lot about what happens there. And then there okay. wasn't too many other surprises or anything that really jumped out at me with the rest of the movie. So I was, I was a little bit, it was, it was middle of the road for me. I didn't think it was terrible. I didn't think it blew the lid off the place. Like the first one did. I, I felt it, it I felt think. very standard fare. Yeah. But I think that comes off of, like, I love the first one so much that I think this one was very, very highly anticipated for me. So I think I had very high hopes for what it should be, and it just didn't didn't hit that. I'd agree. Um, all right, uh, should we move to my turn? Should I chime in with something? If you would like. All right, I'll, I'll pick something. Um we we sort of discussed beforehand. I have like three movies that I've seen. I'll talk about one show that I wanted to talk about, and then a little group of video games. So I'll, we're sort of doing shows and movies and stuff. So I'm just going to pick one of these movies that I'd seen. Uh, I did get around to see Glass. Hmm. Did either okay. of you see Glass? That's the third in the trilogy. Yes. Okay. I still haven't seen Split. Okay. Um, it it. It didn't go the way I expected it to, and I'm trying to find a way to talk about this movie without really getting to specifics because it's going to be hard to do. Um, 
Unbreakable, I think, for its time, was was ahead of its time. I think if you go back and watch that movie now, I think it, it plays better now that we are entrenched in comic book culture and superheroes and stuff like that. It's a very good um, counter-programming type of movie, but that same genre. It kind of kind of puts it on its head a little bit. Yeah, I love that movie. Yeah. Um, Split was secretly disguised as like a supervillain movie, which you don't really know until the end of the movie. And then Glass tries to put it all together and works for most of the time. And I... The whole third act, there's like twist after twist after twist to the point where it's like when you start to think about it, it's like, did that work? It's a Shyamalan thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. What a twist. <laughs> and I would have been fine with like two of the three twists, but like there I think there's just too many where like you feel like it's going to end and then something else happens. It's like, nope, it's actually this. And you're like, oh, all right, just I'll just go with it now. <laughs> but I mean, McAvoy still fucking kills it in these movies between Split and Glass. He is phenomenal. And I think he goes through more personalities in Glass than he did in Split, which is makes it even more fun to watch him in this movie. Hmm. Um, Sam Jackson and Bruce Willis don't feel like they get a lot to do. Like I feel like they have not a lot of screen time, considering they're like supposed to be like headlining this movie. I going in, I haven't seen it yet, but I did feel like that was going to be the case from watching the previews that it was going to be focused around McAvoy's character. I mean, they all are are the focus of the story. I think McAvoy gets more screen time, I think maybe just because they realize he's that fucking good. Oh yeah, no, I'm not complaining they, about him having that yeah. opportunity cuz he was amazing in Split. Um so I I I'd recommend seeing it if you especially if you've seen the other two. It's probably worth watching to just try to complete this trilogy. Um So, from someone who hasn't seen Split or glass and loves unbreakable you'd recommend seeing both yes uh i don't i don't know <laughs> I, i'd temper your expectations for glass i think the the split i see what and you then... did there uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> honestly that was not intentional but i'm glad you caught that because i just would have flew over my own head um the um uh, see now I lost my train of thought because I'm so proud of myself for unintentionally doing that <laughs> um, I, I the way that Split ends it sets up Glass in a way for I, I think maybe just having expectations for how that movie should play out and I don't feel like it plays out the way I, I wanted it to there are moments of it in there and I don't know if it's just Shyamalan trying to play with the comic book genre in a different way that he has to do something completely different and twisty that it, it, I don't know, left me disappointed with the way it ended up. But I, I, I can remember back to a time and you know, like for me, M night Shyamalan has always been very hit and miss. Um, oh, but yes. I can remember back to yeah. a time where, um, Tosh point. Oh, if you ever guys ever watched that, he had a brief segment. He would call the M night Shyamalan twist ending to a video. And I feel like sometimes the one that I always remember the most is there's uh, a guy lifting weights on his floor and the M. Night Shyamalan twist ending is a chihuahua dragging its asshole across the floor right by him as you think he's about to like drop weights on himself or something or something stupid's about to happen. That happens. And to me, that embodies about half of Shyamalan's movies that he 
does twists sometimes just for the sake of a twist. Yeah. And I think that's part of some of the well, issues I've taken with some of his films. But it, I I haven't seen some of his middle middle of the road films. Like I I watched Six Sense, Unbreakable, Signs, and sort of fell off in Village, and kind of fell off after that. Okay, I think I just did Unbreakable and Signs. I I don't know that I even watched the Six Sense. I had it spoiled by so many fucking people. I didn't <laughs> even bother. Six Sense and Unbreakable, I think, work really well because they really only have one twist at the end. Yes. It's the reveal of what happens that you've been watching the whole time, and then your mind is blown. This movie, I could probably count them three different twists that happen one after the other, all in the third act. And it's that throws you for a loop. I, I don't know if it's meant to disorient you that way, but I just meant I just felt like I was walking out, just like, what the fuck? Like <laughs> <laughs> And, and and that's where I come off with, with, with what I was trying to get to with the Chihuahua example is so many of the twists that he's done are just like, what the fuck was the point of that twist? Yeah. As yeah. opposed to like, oh, that really worked. Like Now granted, some of his, like, his, I think his movies play better knowing the twist, at least the good ones, play better knowing the twist when you watch it again. Now I've only seen Glass once, so if I watch Glass again, knowing how it ends, it may or may you know it might alter how I feel about the movie. I, I and I would say some of that's true. Like the village, for example, if you only consider the first twist at the end of the village, where you know I mean it was not a monster in any way or anything, that that whole twist that they played, that one I agree. Knowing that ahead of time plays very very well. That last second twist that he threw on for no fucking reason at all that still irks me to this day in the village. <sighs> it doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> it, like that. That's the one that I come back to at the point where I said, "God damn it!" Like, and then yeah. I had to be talked into watching M Night Shyamalan movies after that. Yeah, Robot Chicken actually had I don't know if it was one or two episodes where they actually had a M Night Shyamalan doll come up onto the screen and go, "What a twist!" Every time something happened, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what a twist! <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, if if either of you guys end up getting around to Glass, Andy, if you see Split and then Glass, let me know. We can not even on air, but at some point we can talk about the specific twist in glass and I'm just curious what everybody else thinks of that movie. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'll watch it as soon as it comes to home video. You know what I mean? Like as soon as I can home video, <laughs> as soon as I can rent it on Amazon or something, I'm sure I'll watch it. Um, Let's yeah. go to Harrison city video and pick up the VHS, <laughs> but it's not in hey, stock. That's, no, <laughs> that's our old stomping ground, Andy. Oh we yeah. Yeah. I remember, I remember looking at all the Sega games. Like I want to rent all of these. I, I would end up going back renting the same game over and over again. I wouldn't try, try new things. I, I couldn't tell you how many times I rented the fucking Lion King. Because yeah. <laughs> that game's fucking hard. It is hard. <laughs> <laughs> I can remember when I was a kid, the game that I always wanted to rent, but the fucking, I think it was Video Hits in Oakmont, never would have it in stock when I would show up. I'd go to rent it, and it was Maximum Carnage. Every time oh, I went yeah, in, yeah, yeah. Maximum Carnage. Super NES they, or Sega? Uh, Super NES. Nice, okay. And, and, you know, they had the two copies of it, you know, the two boxes, the, you know, the old SNES boxes right mm -hmm. on there, and they were always flat against the fucking thing, and it was just like, God <laughs> damn it. 
every time. That was the only <laughs> game I wanted to rent. Because like, I couldn't get my mom to buy it's it It's a great for game. Me. I know. It's a really good game. <laughs> now I know that. Back then, I never got to find out. <laughs> it, it, like, it, my mom wouldn't buy it for me. You know, I had to try and rent it on my own because it had like a scary looking cover or whatever, and you know. The- yeah, yeah, and what <laughs> it, the soundtrack was about done by what Green Jello or Green Jelly or whatever their names were. Something like I that. Remember that? Yeah, it. it I, I so badly wanted to rent that game, and every time you show up, and it wasn't there. <laughs> it just wasn't there. I think we all have those stories back yeah. in the day. Yeah. Oh my god, video stores. <laughs> so, that is the so worst bad. thing though. When when that box was flat against the thing, you didn't see the video video game or video behind it. You're like, son of a stuff a, stuff you, that kids today will never realize yeah, because go, now they can rent everything digitally. Yeah, you go up to the counter, you're like, you you didn't by chance happen to get that back just now? Did you? Oh my god, I remember <laughs> yeah. that. Or you could reserve it once someone it came yeah. back in, they would hold you a copy. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> uh shit. Back in my day. Yeah. <laughs> Three um, feet of snow. <laughs> 45 so, degree angle to school each way. So that's my first pick. Uh, so we'll we'll get over back to Andy. Okay. You guys might be surprised, but my next one is a theater movie. The- you mean you went no, to the you theater? went to the theater went for to the something. Theater what? I saw a movie. What? What? Okay. Yeah. Wow. You have my attention. <laughs> we went to go see uh how to train your dragon three. Oh, um, that is on my list for later um oh god i can't remember the subtitle of it though the hidden world yeah the hidden world yeah that one <laughs> <laughs> um wow uh i really liked the first two movies you know i thought they did a really good job of entrancing me into into the world of the dragon i mean toothless is awesome right he's funny and cute and all that stuff and they they always have a way of um giving you like the feels during these movies i don't know if you get the same way but yeah yeah so you've seen the third one brian yes okay you have not mike i thought brian said that was on Oh, later on your list, you mean like for to talk about now? Yeah, sorry. I, ah, yeah, today okay. it was one of my ones to talk about. Gotcha. Later. No, okay. No, I have not seen it yet. Um, I, have you seen the first two? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. They're fucking yeah, awesome. I think this movie is a a, a fantastic way to end this trilogy. Like yes, it just especially like I don't know, maybe like the last ten minutes of the movie, uh, it just got all giddy. It was awesome. <laughs> you know, that's actually what we I, I did say, when we like, finished recording the hundred and fiftieth. Later that night, we did the double feature. We watched one of them. I don't think we watched the second one. Oh, did we not get to the second one? Because Sarah borrowed the second one from me. Ah, okay. So we watched the first one. Got it. Sorry. Yes. Didn't mean to interrupt you, yeah. No, no. Both both are excellent movies. So either one, you know, or both. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I can't say it enough how much the feels got me on this movie specifically. It just did. Wow. Just yeah, and it's amazing how far the three um, D animation has come. But because I was seeing shit that I was like, "Whoa, whoa, well that." <laughs> did is, you, wait, did you see it in three D in that, the theater? That, that is some detail. No, I didn't see it. it uh, I guess not three D animation, but it's not you know like cell animation. You mean okay, okay? You just like yeah, okay, yeah. Computer animation. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. CG. Um, yeah, I think there was specifically like we were talking. I 
the people I saw it with uh, Leslie and Eric, and I think we were specifically talking about like being mesmerized by like the hair follicles on people's heads, the yes. way they move. It's crazy. There's and- a scene where they draw in the sand, and I was mesmerized by each little sand pebble, the way that was animated. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, it was legit crazy and and we were like it, it was kind of a packed theater so we were in like one of those front rows you know where yeah. like you're kind of like leaning back and you're like this is huge you know see you've but, been out of the game too long you're not getting to the theater early enough yeah i know it's, it's bad but um <laughs> <laughs> that, that and i just don't like people so when we walked in there was like a person in every row and i'm like fuck this i'm gonna have my own row you know <laughs> so and there's always that person that like sits like one seat away from you, even though the rest of the row's empty. And that exactly happened. You know, the movie started, and then you know a family of like three kids go over and they sit right in front of us, one seat over to the <laughs> left. And I'm like, <sighs> but they were good. They didn't like make a peep. It was awesome. Um, but yeah, I, I couldn't say how, I, I absolutely love that movie, and I love that whole trilogy. I, I thought they really brought the hammer down and totally encapsulated an awesome freaking trilogy yeah it's it's rare for trilogies to to be solid the whole way through yeah if you nail the first one it's hard to nail the second one and if you nail the first two the third one usually falls flat this is a really really solid fucking trilogy yeah looking at you ninja turtles three (laughs) (laughs) wait that was a oh it was fuck And uh, I think, like, well, the other thing I really appreciate, too, for the animation is, like, they're they're not reusing, like, character models from the every the first movie that they carry over to the second and stuff. Like, they're, they're aging these characters through every movie, so they have to animate them differently, and they look different, and they grow old, and that in itself is awesome. Yeah, yeah. And it, it feels like the tones in each of those movies grow up with the characters. I, I really like the third one. Um but I didn't feel like it was as funny as the other two. No, and I think it, it that falls in line with the tone of the movie. Yeah, it definitely had um, less comedic timing. The, I mean, Toothless has comedic timing pretty much. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But the rest of it didn't, like, I was... Hiccup, Hiccup didn't seem to be quite so... Right. Spunky? Yeah, ridiculous. Well, he was still spunky, but he wasn't so goofy anymore you know? plucky yeah <laughs> there you go yeah that one <laughs> yeah i always got a kick out of i can't remember the character's name um the guy with the one hand the the trainer oh yeah he's awesome craig uh, ferguson yeah yeah it's craig ferguson <laughs> yeah. but i he's still awesome in this one although yeah. he doesn't get quite as much screen time as you would like i will tell you though what annoyed the absolute shit out of me in this movie were the fucking twins Oh god! Yes. Every time they talked, yeah. I wanted to punch something. Isn't that the way in every movie? But they don't yeah. get a lot of screen time in. Indiana. They got a lot more screen time in. They this get movie. a oh, ton okay. of it in this one, and I'm just like, their voices just started grating on me. I'm like, no. Well, what's funny <laughs> no. too is like the the one the the guy twin was voiced by T.J. Miller in the first two. Was not voiced by T.J. Miller in this movie. No, he was they, not. They ditched they him. I wonder some why. Shit. Well, they yeah, they <laughs> they got the same guy that does the Netflix show. Uh, and I figured he had some experience voicing that character because he does his best T.J. Miller impression. Yes. But it is not T.J. Miller. But it's funny that the movie that T.J. Miller gets cut from is the one where his character gets the most screen time. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, when you're making that's a movie for children negative. and you have a guy like T.J. Miller in the cast that's not good uh, with what he was accused or convicted or whatever the hell it was. 
So yeah, I, I can understand. That's, yeah, that's the only thing I could say that I didn't like about the movie. Where I, I just thought that the twins were uber annoying. Yeah, I mean they're meant to be. But they are. They but play it they, for comedy, but if they if they drive you up a wall to begin with, you're not going to find it funny. Yeah, it was more like every time I saw them, it was like you know, like nails on a chalkboard. I was like, oh, <laughs> it burns us. Stop it. <laughs> yeah. So, but. Besides that, I mean, if you overcome that, it's fantastic. Yeah, I would agree. Oh, I, again, that's one I will definitely see on home video when it comes. It's just, you know, I explained to you guys earlier, it, I'm not it, getting it, out for as many movies right now. I got chills so many times during that movie. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, all right, Mike, you want to go to your next one? Mm-hmm. I can do that. Let me take a quick gander at the list here. Um, since we're still kind of on movies, I'll I'll keep it in that general zone. But I'm not on a movie. I'm onto a TV show. Um, and this goes to what we were saying before about power watching. And how I so greatly prefer it. And this is maybe the biggest example of why it's so great just to wait till a series ends sometimes and then watch. And I am referring to game of Thrones. Um, we, Amy and I, it's not over yet. I know. (laughs) I don't know. We're, we're rewatching for about the third or fourth time. Um, okay. The whole series in prep for April, uh, when we get our conclusive four episode season or whatever, it's going to be like four movie length, episodes i think is what it's supposed to be it's something weird and different yeah um we're just re-watching in prep because there's so many little facets to so many of the little branching storylines that need to be sealed up and it's just how long we've had to wait to finally get to this april um to get this final season especially with how the fucking seventh season ends uh, i'm not mm-hmm not going to offer any spoilers. I know Brian hasn't watched yet. You still need to do this, Brian. I know, I know. Um, uh, he can manage this. He can manage this. Uh, okay. The- <laughs> Says the guy that's used to all this stuff, and the guy that maybe is more in line with maybe my taste or understands what I can and cannot handle okay. is second-guessing well, no, no, no. Okay, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm going to say you can handle it because I don't understand the difference sometimes that we can discuss this later, but... So it, 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 I don't, it seems like it, it's a bit gory for him to me. I feel like most of the gore happens off screen. And you don't see most of the bad. You see I mean, some I've of heard it. about some of the things that are get, get pretty nasty. The, the, none of it is like, oh yeah, I definitely want to fucking see that. No, 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 but I'm what fine. I'm saying is you <laughs> don't actually <laughs> totally see fine. it. You know it happens. You see the motion that causes something to happen, but quite well, often there's some in... pretty damn gory stuff in there, man. <laughs> there is, but I'm talking about the worst things. All right, so this is a conversation we could have another time. I don't want to take up too much time talking about if I can or cannot handle this. We'll just we'll just move. You on. should just watch it and find out, and then if you can't, stop watching it. Yeah, I don't know if that's a litmus test. I feel like taking right now. If you can get past the goriness, it's a fantastic show. Which. That yeah, I, I would agree to that. I just don't know. It's not something I'm going to go out of my way to watch just because to see if I can or can't handle it. You still should. Anyways, the point I was getting to is that we have this final season coming up. We have the giant cliffhanger that ended season seven. 
and we we're rewatching the series now. Um, I th- want to say we just started season six. I think we're one episode in. So, um, the whole crazy shit that happens up at the, you know, uh, the Night's Watch the at the, yeah, the at the end of season five. Um, that's still very fresh, and it hurts every time. Those fucking bastards, it hurts every time. Um, again, I'll keep it spoiler-free just in case Brian happens to decide to watch it. Um, but it's worth it, but... It, it, well, it's worth keeping it spoiler-free on that moment because it's such a big thing. Um, yep. But that being said, um, I'm definitely looking forward to this. I feel like maybe, even if Brian doesn't do it, we should do a prep show for the new season with Josh, Andy, just throwing I, that out there. I, I still haven't. I would love to rewatch everything, but I haven't. I just, every time a new one comes out, I just kind of watch the new one. Okay. I haven't done any of my uh, review watching again, you know, like, cause I like to do that sometimes. So you can like pick up little nuances you didn't maybe notice before, especially knowing how things kind of turn out. Right. So I would love to do that. I don't know that I have the time I just meant like a prep show for the new season as as opposed to anything like that. If Brian can manage to talk Josh into it. I don't know. But nonetheless, um, I I just want to point out how amazingly hyped I am for the upcoming season. Um, And the only final thought I would have about this, like it's hard to really talk about without spoiling a lot. So my final thought um, before I pitch it on to Brian's next thing, is that if Arya does not kill Cersei, I'm going to riot. It's going to be a single person riot in the street, but Arya has to kill Cersei. Get did this you know that, right. Yeah, did you know that uh, people are actually, like, Vegas is actually taking bets on who dies first in the show? In the new season. Who dies you can first actually, is a really yeah, interesting can, bet. Right, yeah, you should see the list. It's crazy, like, who they, like, have as... Like the the front runners and stuff, it's pretty pretty awesome. Do you put money on that? I'm not putting money on it. Fuck no, that <laughs> that shit is crazy. Who, who dies in that fucking show? Yeah, I was gonna say like so. if someone died, I would put money on. But to say who's gonna die first, like the yeah. way the the way the season seven ends is they're heading towards like an all out fucking world ending war. Yep. So the, the chances <laughs> for any of them to die at any moment, there's two people we know aren't going to die. That's it. I'd say there's only two people, and even that with George R. with the way this show goes, not even with George R. R. Martin, just the way this show goes, I'd say there's only one that's definitely not going to die. <laughs> um, so that all that being said, if I was going to bet, Davos, he was the kind of like the right hand to Stannis for so long until Stannis died. The Onion Knight? Yes. Okay. Yeah, the, the, I, just if I had to bet on first one to die, he's a, he's he's an easy character to kill off that people really like, but doesn't have a lot to do left anymore. Uh, I guess that's true, yeah. I would hate to see him go. I do like his character. He's one of the only ones, I think, that remained noble the entire time. Yeah. I never questioned his actions and said, he shouldn't be doing that. He's a dick. No, no. he which, always which does is, the right thing. Yeah, which is crazy because he's a smuggler. Uh-huh. 
like someone else from Star Wars. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 Always doing the right thing, huh? Huh? Mm-hmm. No, okay, sorry. I'll stop that now. <laughs> All the same. Um, that, that That's why I wanted to leave it on. Again, if Ari doesn't kill Cersei, I riot. Uh, I'm not going to say we because I don't know if I have a movement behind me on that. But <laughs> I hope I do. I hope everybody feels the same about that. And I'll throw it to Brian. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. Andy took another one of my uh, movie things that I was going to bring up. So we, I won't talk about that again. Uh, the only other movie that I saw in the theater was Alita. Oh, The Battle Angel. Yeah. That caught a lot of flack before it came out. Everyone was not happy about that movie coming out for some godforsaken reason. Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, I know... So I know it's based on, like, a manga comic. Right. So I don't know... I, which I didn't read or anything. So I don't know how long that book series is, how many issues there are for it, or, or what. The movie, um, technically, like, from a from a CG standpoint, and what they try to do technically for the movie, it is gorgeous. Uh, it feels like two thirds of a movie. Hmm. Oh, okay. It missing the third act, or it feels that way. Yeah, I think okay. there was. To me, it feels like the story. Like there must have been more to this story that's dragged out over how many books, and it was getting to the point where I thought the movie was going to end, and then it kept going. So I was like, oh, okay, they're just truncating all the books into one single movie, and we're gonna we're gonna see how this ends. And then ten minutes later, it ends, and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> no, that. The third act is happening. This is this is where the the end happens, and then it just credits. So, I feel like they truncated where they shouldn't have. And if they were planning on making more movies, a lot of the stuff at the end of the movie should have been dragged out some more because they really rushed some stuff at the end of the movie. Um, and there are two people that pop up and are never really. I mean, there's one guy that's that's alluded to as being the main villain, and there's a there's a higher profile actor that plays him, and you don't realize it until the end who's just shown and doesn't do anything in the movie. And then there's one face that you recognize that pops up in the middle for no apparent reason and goes away and you never see them again. So I don't know if there was more written for these people or if they're trying to save them for eventual next movies, which I have a feeling will not happen because I don't think this movie's doing very well. Do you suppose, box office. do you suppose they were Easter eggs for the, the hardcore fans? Maybe. I mean, the, the second guy that I mentioned that you see like basically really just his head on a, bigger body talking about ed scrying and no oh okay i was gonna say because that sounds um, like ed from the previews but yeah see i wouldn't consider i guess yeah maybe there's three people he had a, he had an actual role in the movie um I, it's really inconsequential jai courtney is the guy i'm referring to jai courtney pops up for like one scene and then he's gone and i don't know if they ever mentioned his name are we complaining did, about I that completely forgot I'm just saying, like, I'm sorry for for putting a face there that I recognize that I feel like probably has some consequence on who he's playing and he's supposed to be someone important and then just completely forget about him the rest of the movie. Like, why put him in there at all? Is my point. point. Why sign Jai Courtney to be that person and right. not pay off on it at all? Yeah, he doesn't you can, even you have can... a fucking speaking line. You just see him and then it's on to the next thing and then you're he's gone. Weird. That seems like a so, waste of resources. Yeah. To, to pay all the money to like CG a lot of the stuff that he's involved in and then just never use them again. And But, I don't know. So, yeah, this, the story, I think, has issues. Um, 
uh, I can't remember the lead actress's name, but the the girl that plays Alita, I thought did really really well. Uh, Christoph Waltz is pretty good. Uh, most of the other cast is okay. Uh, Jennifer Connelly, her character does like a complete one eighty turn in the middle third act of the movie. It comes out of nowhere, really. I felt like, again, that's probably something that in the books was drug out over the, the course of a couple issues or something. So you see a slow turn for that character. But in the movie, it's like that, and it's over, and it's done. And you're like, what? The? No. <laughs> so, <clears throat> yeah, I think Story had issues. The the guy that plays, like, her boyfriend type of thing, he started out okay. And then, like, the second half of the movie, I didn't give a shit for him anymore. So some of the story falls flat for what happens there. I don't know. I it was on my anticipated list for 2018 because it was originally supposed to be out at the end of the year, and right. it got pushed to early 2019. So I was looking forward to this. I I think it's worth checking out if you're curious. Just again, I'd maybe set the bar low, and don't expect to see this story continue unless it makes a shit ton of money overseas. Because I don't think it's doing well enough here for the budget that it had. Overseas money, you never know what's going to happen. Right, and I feel like it's more their wheelhouse, like China and Japan and stuff. They might really, really enjoy this, but... And I, granted, I don't know anything going in. I have thought I've seen a lot of reviews from people that know the source material seem to like the movie, but anybody that's going in blind is kind of having the same feeling that I do. I checked out some reviews for it to see whether or not it was worth, like, skipping out for an afternoon to go check it out by myself. Yeah. And the, the reviews were so mixed... You know what I mean? And some of the positive versus negative reviews seem to be like what you're saying. And some of the positive reviews that I was reading seem to be... Fanboys. I don't even want to say fanboys. Um, I've read so many like online reviews on like Rotten Tomatoes and stuff like that that were... Instead of actually reviewing this movie... It seemed like they were antagonistically giving it a positive review to spite Captain Marvel in some way. Um, because all they did was talk about Brie Larson and the comments she made in their review of Alita. And I'm like, can, can we just get a review of this fucking movie, please? Um, and, and it really tilted me to say, you know, you know, if so many of the positive reviews, given the fairly low score it already had were coming from a dishonest place it couldn't be that very be as good as i hoped it would be um seeing previews and everything i really wanted to see it and then i i you know i don't know i'm disappointed that it sounds like it's not as good as it could have been i mean i think it looks really good on the big screen if you if you wanted to go out and try to see it but if you don't mind waiting like i'd just say rent it or you know red box it or something just to check it out later yeah that that's my plan for that one it seems like that's my plan for a lot right now but so yeah um andy i'm assuming you didn't get out to see this either i did not know okay yeah it's one again it's one of those things if you guys see it we can come back if you want to talk about it we can talk about it later whether it's on air or off air but those are my two cents okay so i'll throw it back around to andy Okay. Uh, the next one I have is just regular TV. 
Well, we recently started to watch Avatar The Last Airbender, the cartoon from Nickelodeon. No. Yeah, I remember watching, like, just random pieces of that, like, you know, when uh, my niece and nephew were of of age and the show was on and whatnot, and I was like, hey, this actually looks like a pretty cool thing, you know, and I never actually got to see the, was it M. Night Shyamalan Last Airbender movie? That I I'd never watched the cartoon, but that movie is terrible. Oh, okay, that's kind of what I heard about it. So yes, um, agreed. Uh, so far, you know, like uh, Ang is pretty young, and you know, still trying to figure out what the hell's going on with like all the different um, uh, element benders and all that kind of fun stuff. But uh, are you guys familiar? Have you watched it? I actually have not. No. I think it's one of those things where I know there's a shit ton of episodes for that, and I just never wanted to dive in with that much of a commitment yeah we, we like the epi- we like the shows that have like the the the, the short run times where we can watch an episode right, for right. like 20 minutes and then we don't have to continue and we can you know 20 minutes isn't like too much of an investment you know right right yeah so but i don't know if you guys knew this or not but i caught this uh, we probably have only watched maybe like five or six episodes so far but at least one of those episodes was directed by dave filoni Oh, okay. interesting. I don't. I feel knows. like I like it sounds familiar that he was involved with that show, but I don't know if I knew he, he directed some of those. Yeah, so I only really paid attention to one or two of the end credits, and I only paid attention to the one that said it was directed by him. And I was like, oh, "That's the guy that does all the cool <laughs> stuff with Star Wars." And Emily's like, "What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> the guy? He's the animation, he is from Pittsburgh. He's like an animation god for Star Wars. Yeah." Yeah, he's so. he's hometown too. He's he's from yeah. the area. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're watching that one right now, and uh, so far it's pretty good. You know, not yeah. I've heard good things from people that have watched it. Yeah, and I, I'm intrigued because I've seen like bits and pieces, like I said, of, like the middle of the stuff. So, um, but it, it's definitely still a kid show. So don't <laughs> expect a tremendous lot out of it. But yeah, I'll, I, I uh, thought that was neat that Dave Filoni was involved. That I I didn't recall knowing that. Yeah, how uh, how many seasons is it? Do you know? The box set is pretty big. Is that what you guys are using? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I didn't know if it was on I, Netflix or something. No, but I haven't looked at like the actual like uh, count on the episodes and seasons. Gotcha. And whatnot, okay. So. Yeah, animation's always funny because like some of those seasons are like fifty episodes, and then the next season's like ten, so it's hard to <laughs> gauge. Yeah, how many seasons are in an episode, or how many episodes are in a season, and all that stuff. So, all right, cool, cool. Yeah, I, I sadly can't comment on any of that because I haven't watched the show. Same. Well, we just, we just started it, but I thought I'd mention it because it was, I thought it was a cool, uh, Star Wars connection with Dave Filoni and everything. So. Yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. Mike, anything to add? I, other than not liking the live action movie, I <laughs> don't have anything on it. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Well, then that was my other category, so I'm going to toss it back to Mike. Okay. Um, I'm going to dive head first into my comics category uh, for what I've been reading, um, because I haven't been reading any books of late, but I have been reading some comics. Uh, just quickly to touch on, I've started going back and reading all the recent, as in like last 15 years or so, major Marvel events over again so things like civil wars secret invasion um siege fear itself um 
X-Men vs. Avengers. All, all those kinds of things. I just kind of went back and started rereading them. I'm about halfway through Fear itself now. Um, just because we have Endgame coming up, and if they're hinting at any of those specific storylines or plots uh, in maybe a post credit scene or somewhere in the movie, I'd like to be able to pick up on it and recognize it right away so that I can be like, yes, or, oh, why would they do that? You know? Um, Are you reading them in, like, trade paperback? I actually have the subscription to Marvel Unlimited. Um, Oh, okay. So you just, on your uh, tablet or whatever? Yes. Yeah, I can just read them right on my tablet. Which is, I mean, if you read a lot of comics like I do, it's a really good deal because it's like 60 bucks for the year. And you have the entire back catalog of Marvel to read. Um, so, you know, so long as I think it's like, it's usually like four to six months behind current, uh, for Marvel Unlimited. So like if a comic comes out today, six months or so from now, it'll hit their catalog. But if I want to go and read the original run of say Fantastic Four, I can start at the very first issue and read right all the way up till four months ago if I want to. Every single one of those comics is there to read. Um, Slick? Yeah, and, and it's... The, the catalog is enormous, so it's definitely worth that. Um, the other one that I really would prefer to talk about, because that's really just saying, like, hey, I'm looking for stuff, um, but it, and I'm rereading those. Uh, but I'm doing my first reading of the Miles Morales Ultimate Spider-Man. Um, okay. I had, you know, never actually read through those comics before um i had known about it but i never uh at that time i was not buying spider-man comics i was still only just buying x-men comics at the time i didn't have marvel unlimited at the time so the option was either buy the comics and start a because i was collecting then so everything i was buying i was buying two of one to read one to store so, and i just it was a problem so keeping it to just x-men helped uh <laughs> but I did start reading it, and my goodness, I am really sad that I did not read these long ago, um, because this is so far. I, th- I, I mean, like episode or issue episode, Jesus. Um, I'm at like issue twenty or so, and so far, I am absolutely loving uh, this Miles Morales run. Um, so the the Ultimate Universe, he he takes over after Peter Parker dies. Yes. So does the comic, does issue one pick up post-Peter Parker death? Yes. Yeah, it picks up okay. um, with, it, it's like post-Ultimatum, I think is where Peter Parker dies. It's like Magneto, you know, shifts the uh, axis of the Earth, floods fucking New York, destroys everything. And somehow in the aftermath of that, Peter ends up dead. Um, See, I thought he had his own, from what I remember. And oh, I- that's right. He does have his own. Death. He battles Green, yeah. He battles Green Goblin like very publicly in front of like his house, doesn't he? Yeah, he that. Yes, now I'm actually recalling it because it, it they don't really cover it in the first issue uh, okay. of like how Peter dies. I just the way they made it sound throughout that whole first issue is like they're pissed off about the they're pissed off at superhumans in New York like people are just pissed off because of what happened and that's right. ultimatum that they're all pissed about is I actually think it's ultimatum 2 
not the first ultimate, it's the second one. Okay. Um, but they're all pissed about that, so I was just associating it that way. But what you're saying is actually correct. He reveals his identity accidentally. Well, not kind of accidentally, I guess. I can't remember how the... Either way, his identity gets revealed. And then it's in a battle with... I can't... Is it Green Goblin that kills him? I thought it was somebody else after that. I thought it was Green Goblin, but I, I haven't read the issue. I've read, like, summaries of the storyline, and I thought that was what I remember reading. Basically, like, every when I was getting bored for a while, I just Wikipedia, like, what happens to this character, and I'd go through the timeline of stuff, and it would give me summaries of stuff, but I never actually read the issues. Okay. So I think it's not, I think it's not Green Goblin that kills him, because there is a point at which it was a rather obscure villain that I'm not recalling. But Miles battles him and says, wow, I just, like, took down the guy who killed Spider-Man. Okay. So I think it's, like, a rather obscure villain that kills him. But they found out who he was and attacked him at home after that battle with Goblin. Um, okay. But that that's where it picks up. Is Spider-Man has died. And Miles Morales is, you know, just an everyday kid. In New York, he's trying to get into a charter school uh, with his best friend, whose name I don't know how to pronounce. Um, Ganky, Gank. I'm not. Yeah, uh, Ganky. Um, who's basically the Ned of the? Yes. Uh, Tom Holland Spider-Man movies. Yeah, exactly. Same look to the character. You know, a kind of heavy set. Um, Asian, Asian or Mexican. Um, kid I, I can't remember um but I, I think in the comics he's definitely yeah asian concave yeah okay anyways um same kind of character like comic relief a little bit and kind of like the fanboy who knows that Sp who spider-man is kind of thing who's like all about it um and i even think concave is like into legos as well, like in the the ultimate run here, I think there was something about that in there. Um, and basically, you know, it's kind of the same sort of thing that creates Spider-Man for Miles Morales. He gets bit by a spider. Um, the difference is it, you know, the spider isn't in like Osborne Labs or anything. His uncle uh, had stolen the spider from Osborne, and uh, then that spider bit him while he was visiting his uncle. Um, and his powers, it, like, I was actually surprised because I, again, I did not know a whole lot about the character prior to reading this. I knew bits and pieces, um, but his powers really differ from the original Spider-Man. Um, I, I think it's Mary Jane or Aunt May gift him, uh, Peter's web slingers. Um, but Miles has the ability to go invisible and he can, like, toxic shock people, um, which is j just these really cool way to see him discovering these abilities. Because at first he just kind of thinks he's Spider-Man and he doesn't know these other things and he doesn't know... He doesn't even realize the first time that he goes invisible. It's really cool to watch his powers uh, evolve. So real quick, Mike... <clears throat> Did you end up seeing Spider Verse? I can't remember. No, not yet. That that's actually okay. just came on. Andy, to Amazon. have you seen Spider Verse? Uh, I did not see it, but I heard it won an Oscar. Yes, mm. yes, it did. It it's 
I I talked about it at the you know the top ten of the year. It's fucking phenomenal. But Mike, sort of what you're referring to now, his wider range of powers is explored in the movie. Oh, cool. So you see some of that same stuff. Yeah, I'm like honestly, just at Amazon, I'm planning I might just buy it as opposed to renting it, waiting to rent it. I started reading too. I Twitter blew up because people. I don't know if it was just wasn't announced in the special features, but there is. I guess you must get extra stuff when you buy digitally and stuff. I'm planning on getting the the Blu-ray when it comes out. But somewhere in the special features, there is an alternate cut of the movie. Like, it's an alternate dimension cut that is that incorporates, like, deleted scenes and extra stuff and is two and a half hours compared to the hour and a half movie that you actually get in the theatrical cut. So I'm really excited to see what this other type of movie is, this extended version. But the extended version is only available in the digital copy? No, that's that's only on the copy that he's going to buy. Right. The Currently now, the only version available to buy is the digital version. Oh, uh, okay. You're waiting so for the So people that, that bought it extended. three weeks early gotcha. before the video or before you know the Blu-ray comes out are raving about this extra feature that's there. So I, I'm really well, curious once I finally own it to see what that is. See, and that was something I was going to make note of because for me, the digital copy that I can see on two different sources, one shows like, you know, with the bonus content. Yeah, and it shows. I want to say it's like sixteen or eighteen minutes of additional content onto the time from the mm. movie. Like, cause right next to it's the standard no bonus content version, and it's like sixteen to eighteen minutes difference. So that's hmm. definitely not on that content. Um, I don't know if I can wait the few weeks, so I may just buy it digitally and then just say to you, like, "Hey, let me borrow that and watch the other version." <laughs> um. <laughs> Because it's now you've put doubt into my head. Like at first, I was like, "Yes, I'm just gonna buy it and watch it," and now I'm like, "Oh fuck." <laughs> yeah, I'll have to, you know, off air, we'll have to do some research and figure out what versions it's uh, if it's actually two and a half hours long, or if that's someone's uh, inflated exaggeration of to the, this extended version. I have no idea. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, for what I've been reading, um, I was inspired to read a lot of Spider-Man stuff by the playstation video game um yeah you know like it it delves a little bit into miles story and that made me want to learn more um it also got me to go back and start reading spider-man from number one on which i've never done i've read several of the earlier comics but i've never read all of them so like i've read number one and amazing fantasy 15 before um you know i've read like uh, what is it? One twenty one, one twenty two. Death of Gwen Stacy story, the Punisher's first appearance. I've I've read a lot of the key issues, but not the whole Peter Parker story of reading all of those issues. So uh, I started doing that as well with Marvel Unlimited, um, which is it's been an interesting experience trying to like juggle these two side by side, but it actually provides a nice like parallel between the two of them in the story and how they play yeah. out. Yeah, I think if if that's where you're reading in Spider-Man, I think you'll get more appreciation from Spider-Verse when you finally see it. Okay. I, that honestly might be tonight after the show. I might just go up and buy it and watch it, because I've been <laughs> like, chomping at the bit to see it. So, that, that could be very soon. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 hard not to gush about that movie like every time I want to talk about it, because it, it's, it's so fantastic. I'm... I'm chomping at the bit, waiting two more weeks or three weeks, whatever it is, before it finally hits Blu-ray, so I can finally buy it and, and 
watch it again and again and again and again and yeah and <laughs> yeah numerous numerous times and you know hey just congratulations to the team that made the movie one way or another getting an animated marvel movie to win the best animated feature of the year um fantastic well done i'm yeah they got they got what golden globe 2 for best animated feature and they got oscar for best animated feature mhm uh, it Heck yeah. it, very impressive to beat out incredibles 2 which seemed like it could be a shoe in at the beginning of the year um so yeah, very happy. The only, the only thing that pains me is like every time they accept an award, fucking Avi Arad and Amy Pascal are up on stage accepting the award with all these creative people, and I'm like, what the fuck did you do? <laughs> Said okay, you can do it. That, that that's all. Yeah, you did. people are worthless. Well, it, that you'll have that. That you know they're gonna take the credit that they can take because he's not gonna yeah. get credit any other way. Let's face it, that's the best he's gonna do. Yeah. Um, yeah, I haven't, I haven't read comics in a while. Mike, I kind of dove into the Miles Morales Spider-Man, because at the time, I think it was post-Secret Wars 2. Okay. When the Ultimate Universe was finally nixed. I think that was the event that did it. Yeah, well, it wasn't really nixed, it was, like, combined. Right. There's not Ultimate Comics So they they brought Miles from Ultimate into the main 616 universe. Right. And at that point, they had... Amazing Spider-Man, Peter Parker went somewhere else, and then Miles was Spider-Man in New York. So I read the Secret Wars event, and then I picked up Spider-Man for the first 15, 20 issues after that, and then kind of fell off. So I was reading that stuff for a while. Nice. I I, I plan so, to get there eventually. I've read Secret Wars too, but I have not yeah. picked up any of the other storylines yet. Yeah, he's a he's a fun character. Um... All right, should we? Is it my turn? Or is it back to me? Yep. Yeah, back to you. That's all I've got. Okay. Um, we talked about all the movies I was going to talk about. All right, I'll go TV. Um, I bounce around between TV stuff, so there's not anything I'm really watching like religiously, but we, it's something we've never talked about on the show yet, so I wanted to at least bring it up. With Star Wars Resistance. Um, I, you know, we talked about the trailers when they came out. The animation style for that show is still, I think, really unique compared to other, especially the other Star Wars shows that we've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like the 3D and yet still 2D cel-shaded type of animation style is is really cool. Okay. Um, I, can't, I haven't really been able to get into it as much as like Rebels and Clone Wars hooked me. And that's like, still th- the case, because I remember you saying that before and you were hoping we're for st- better. We're over the halfway point of the season and I'm still like waiting for it to kickstart. Waiting for the so, hook. Like, it's, to like grab you like yeah like the the main character to me is just a doofus and it's really hard for me to care what the fuck happens to him because i think they play him so slapsticky and stupid and it's i mean granted it's a kid's show kids probably love it but for me coming to it as an adult i can't get behind him well Um, and i feel like that's a little bit of the difference between rebels and resistance is that rebels was a kid's show kinda I feel like Rebels yeah. was a kid's show made for adults to watch it. Ezra started out pretty goofy. So Yeah, I think Clone Wars and Rebels both but started kid-friendly, yeah. really, really in the kid zone, and then matured as they went on. That's fair, yeah. but I, I don't know. I'd still argue that first moment when Kanan reveals himself is a very, very, very adult moment. Yes, yeah. 
Um, and yeah, there's not too. I don't feel like there's too much of that in this show. Now they're currently the timeline of this show is running right into the events of Force Awakens. So they are teasing the First Order growing in power. They are teasing the First Order mining planets for materials to build Starkiller Base. You see a couple test sites where they tried prototyping Starkiller Base. Poe shows up, voiced by Oscar Isaac, in a couple of the episodes. So he's he's trying, he has the one main character sort of trying to sit at this, uh, they call it the Colossus, but it's like a way station for pilots and smugglers and stuff like that. So he's trying to spy on the First Order from there because they had they got word that the First Order infiltrated the facility somehow. So they're trying to figure out what's going on. As he's there, the First Order presence continues to grow. They start to control the station. Um, Poe eventually shows up to like take him on missions here and there for updates. And the last time Poe showed up, which was an episode or two ago, well, the first in the pilot, he leaves BB-8 with Kaz, who's the main character. So you know nothing significant's going to happen because BB-8's on the station, so he can't play a part in the main events of Star Wars. So the last um, time Poe showed up, he came back to collect BB-8 and talks about going to a mission on Jakku. Okay. So it's at the point in the timeline where shit's going to go down, and watching the mid-season trailer for Resistance, this feels like this is where I want to be, is I want to see what happens to these characters in this show once Force Awakens happens. I feel like I've just been waiting for this build-up for something to go down, and it just hasn't happened yet. So I want to see what where this goes the second half of this, you know, second half of the season. But it's still... Like I said, until I get that hook, it's still kind of a slog for me to get through, and I, I wish it wasn't the case, but I'm I'm watching it purely because it's Star Wars, and I just want Star Wars content. I, you know, honestly, I, I feel the same way about wanting the Star Wars content, and I'm just kind of biding my time until, what is it, fall when the Disney streaming service launches? Yeah. yeah. And I'm just kind of biding my time until then, because of your reaction to Resistance. <laughs> and... If if the second half of the season picks up and goes where I want it to go or where I'd like it to go, it might make the whole rest of the season worth it. And I mean, like Andy was saying, Ezra when he started out was kind of not not like like it was hard to hook with Ezra. I feel like he was a little bit annoying. I hooked with Rebels based on other characters that were around, Caden specifically. Right, but Ezra kind of grows on you as he matures, right. yeah. And I feel like they want to take Kaz that direction but he's still this bumbling idiot that I feel like you've met at the first part of the season and hasn't really changed at all, that I'm, I want that character progression to give me someone to root for. I, I feel like Ezra was meant to remind you a bit of Anakin in being, yeah. you know, a whiny little prick um, yeah. for quite some time there who'd made, you know, wrong decision after wrong decision. And I, I feel like it worked um for what they were trying to do um so hopefully they can do the same thing and work that same magic in resistance but i guess time will tell but i can i mean i can tell you yeah, for I mean, me like watching the first season of rebels i was not put off by it right yeah i i like i said i hooked on to clone wars and rebels a lot sooner than i get i am hooked for resistance resistance is taking me a while to really really get into but you haven't and it's sad because you haven't like we mentioned feloni was involved with this show too he helped create resistance so i i, I unless 
he just like got resistance off the ground and then went to go develop and direct Mandalorian. So wasn't really involved too much with resistance at this point, but I don't know. I was, I was expecting a little bit more with his name attached, but you haven't bailed on it, right? I haven't bailed. No, I'm still watching, but it's more like a lot of the shows that I try to give a shot to that I'm still unsure of. I try to at least sit through the first season because I feel like the first season always has an arc and they, they want to take, characters and make storylines happen to a certain place so i try to stick with it over the first season to see where it goes if i still feel the same way after the end of the season i don't know if i will immediately watch season two i might just wait and try to catch up with it later but i'm hoping somewhere in the back part of the season it really kicks into gear and gets me excited again i mean in defense of that season two is what made rebels um for sure that that season of rebels is by far the best in my opinion and it's what put the hooks in everyone in the star wars fandom to get them to keep coming back the last season and the finale of season one was really fucking good too indeed um i'm just saying like i think it exploded with the finale of season two and that oh for sure that that was the game changer for that and that got me you know i mean like before that i was casually watching it when it popped up and i was making time for it but not really going far out of my way after the end of season two i was waiting with bated breath for season three yeah so andy are you still you were still kind of catching up to rebels did you finish rebels no i still haven't finished it so you just need, what, the final season or the last two seasons? Ooh, it's only three seasons long, right? Four. Four. I may have seen season two. Okay, so you still have a half of it think, at least. I think I, the last thing I remember watching was Ahsoka versus, well, no, spoilers, my bad. Okay, so you're referring to what we're referring to, so that's the end of season Did two. Did you almost yeah. cry? Then you watched the end of season two. <laughs> <laughs> or if you did cry you're probably straight up in the end of the season yeah. alright so you're you're halfway there Um. yeah so that's again that's sort of where I'm at with resistance well I can check back later maybe after the season's over if something really catches me to, to hook me but for right now that's kind of where I'm at alright okay uh, so I'll throw it back to Andy. All right. My next category is video games. I've re- Elder Scrolls. <laughs> I have been playing a lot of Elder Scrolls. Still, <laughs> I guess. Um, since Brian mentioned that, uh, I'm pretty pumped for this season of the Elder Scrolls. They're calling it the season of the dragon. It's taking place in elsewhere, which uh, focuses a lot on the Khajiit, which is the um, cat-like creatures. Uh, or human humanoid cat like creatures in in the Elder Scrolls lore. Were cats, um, essentially, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but dragons is something that uh, Elder Scrolls hasn't really. Well, Elder Scrolls Online hasn't really tackled. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, that comes out. It's really wow. soon, isn't it? Well, Wrathstone is the newest 
every really every DLC in this season, I think there's three or four of them in this year. Uh, it, it's congruent, like it, it tells the same story. Everything they've done in the past seasons has been like, okay, this is this thing, it's separate from this other thing, and whatever. So this is the first time they're trying to tell a complete story with all their DLC in one year. Um, and I, Wrathstone is is the first step of that, and it's new dungeon content, I believe. Uh, a couple new dungeons you can do with your buddies and whatnot. Um, so I'm pretty excited about that. Um, I, I actually recently read an article about Elsewhere, and it may have turned me to start playing um, because it said that you're going to be able to catch up and do the new content quickly, um, which was something that concerned me because I'm so far behind. If I were to start with ESO now, what I you know would it be two years of leveling up and gathering everything right. before I can finally fight the dragons that come out of this right. new content. <laughs> Um, and I think it was in Game Informer that I read the article that was explaining that, you know, whether you just brand new purchase of elsewhere or, you know, a longtime veteran, you'll be able to get into this content fairly quickly. I believe if you just pick it up right then and there, you can just start the elsewhere content, right? Well, I mean, I, I'd right, assume right you still have to, you know, make a character and level up a little bit to get into it without getting uh, your butthole licked pro- pretty good. Probably, but every everything scales no matter where you are. Okay. Except except for dungeons, but like all the zones kind of scale to to you. Okay. So no matter what zone you go to, even if you're level 2, like the monsters aren't going to just, you know, like like you said get lick your butt. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I'm pretty pumped about the season of the dragon. So <laughs> Mike didn't know how to react to that. Well, it, it, the the term is lick your butthole. <laughs> lick your butt. I forgot it the was, whole part. Of <laughs> it just threw me. I was just like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> so I'm pretty pumped about that. Um, uh, another game that I uh, have been playing is the original Red Dead Redemption. Um, I had. Uh, I that's had, right. I had, you tell me that. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I had never played. You're playing Red Dead Redemption, not Red Dead Revolver, right? Yes. What's the difference? Well, there was there Revolver was one before, was before Redemption. Red Dead Redemption. Oh. When you said original, I didn't know if you just were saying it that way or if I was just trying to clarify. But I don't think it's anything like Red Dead Redemption. Red Dead Redemption is much more open world, yeah, Rockstar ish. Yeah, that's why okay. that's why I was asking just to make sure I clarified. Yeah, Red Dead Redemption one, not the not the newest one. Not not so how far how far into it are you? Um, so far I just like to run around, kill animals, and skin them and sell their shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, but I'm I'm surprised like for for it's a 360 game how well it plays on my Xbox One and uh, it, it looks like it probably could be an Xbox One game like uh, like I think they enhanced it a little bit yeah for the for the backwards compat stuff okay uh, but it's it's pretty badass like I really like that game a lot so uh, yeah. Um, I, I'm not super far in any kinds of the stories yet, so. Um, but I'll tell you that the bounties can be somewhat difficult to to try and like <laughs> get them and like lasso them and put them on your horse and try not to kill them. <laughs> yeah, try not to kill them as you're racing back to town or whatnot. That that can be kind of dicey, but it's a pretty it's a pretty fun game. I like it. It's it's um. 
wasn't sure how I was going to feel about the Western Old West type game and me playing it. Cause I'm not like a super fan of those. Like I like some of the old Clint Eastwood man with no name movies and whatnot, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really like it. it. It's, it's got, you know, good music to it and got good fluent gameplay and whatnot. I suck, suck serious ass at uh, horseshoes. That little mini game that you do. <laughs> terrible at it. Just fucking terrible. It's awful. It, it pisses me off every time. But um, besides that, it, it's it's a lot of fun so far. I feel like, I pers- personally, I enjoyed the first game a lot more than the second. And I didn't play the first one a ton. Um, The second... I didn't, didn't enjoy as much as I did with the first one because it felt maybe too expansive, um, too like yeah. overbearing on just like how much shit there is to do. Yeah, the I, first I, one felt overwhelming, and two is like, what? Holy! I have to spend time doing this, and I have to go there for this, and wh- what time is it now? Like, I can't. There's too much to do. It yeah, is... I heard it's kind of simsy. Yes, yeah. very much so. Um, but more to what you were saying is the mini games inside these Red Dead games, you can get lost in for hours and hours and hours. You can not play the main game at all. I I think I spent probably half the time I spent on Red Dead 2 just fishing, just going around trying to find a legendary fish and catch it. And the same kind of thing in, you know, the first Red Dead, it's, you know, go around and just play all these cool ass different little things to do. That yeah, have like nothing they, to do with the story. The knife finger game and yes, um, yeah. the poker. I poker is a lot of fun. I think. Um, I think that they both make a comeback in the second one. I think the the knife finger games this. in the second yeah. one. Yeah. And then the horseshoes. What what else is there? There's another one. I can't is remember. there darts? Can you play darts somewhere? Mm, I haven't yet, but that doesn't mean that I feel like that was in there. I feel like it should be, but I could be thinking of GTA. I know it's in GTA. That might be it then, because I'm I'm trying to think of it and I'm not seeing it. Like I'm feeling it, but I'm not seeing it. I feel like like it's, <laughs> it's weird. But yeah, hmm. I don't remember all the mini games in, in Red Dead One. The only thing that I think that annoys me about the uh, Red Dead Redemption is this, uh, I'll be running along trying to do things, and it's the weird little mini events that happen around you that like really pissed me off like there's a girl she's like oh you know like my wagon and then like 14 guys come out and attack you out of fucking (laughs) nowhere and you're like what the hell man or or you'll just be like wandering around at night or something and all of a sudden like 38 wolves appear and you're like i don't have this much ammo like yeah (laughs) i feel like that's a rock star thing man because like okay I can. Well, that's what makes the world feel alive. Is all these random events that happen as you're passing through. Oh yeah, and I mean, I can remember like as far back as like Vice City trying to get the police helicopter to come in and chase you. You had to do like (laughs) so much stuff before it would finally happen. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like I've told this story before. But one of my like gaming memories that is going to be forever burned into my head is playing the original Red Dead, and I was headed somewhere for some mission. And I remember hearing two, like a couple guys arguing and realized that it was two guys going after one guy and they were trying to hang him from a tree. And I just sat there once I realized what was happening for this random event that I watched them hang him before I realized, wait, I can intervene and try to save this guy. So he died and then I killed them. But I was so engrossed in like, oh, this is just kind of happening. I don't even have to do anything. I just, I just couldn't move. I was transfixed in what was happening and let the guy die. <laughs> you were an audience to and a lynching. And then felt guilty afterwards. 
Yeah, I didn't realize I could shoot the rope that was hanging him and get him down. That's actually quite difficult to do when you're under fire and you're on a horse to shoot that damn rope. Like, the guy that's always like, they stole my wife, they're hanging her right now, and you're, like, following him over there, and all of a sudden, like, 18 people are shooting you, and they're like, hit the rope, and you're like, okay, yeah, I'm going to do that right now. (laughs) And and I feel like that was something, like, specifically that Red Dead got over Red Dead 2 was the gunplay. Like, Red Red Dead 2 gunplay was easy mode as fuck. Really? Like, the auto... Uh, like you had to turn aim assist off if you wanted to actually enjoy yourself because you could just pop in and out of cover and it just targeted you right on. It think of like time crisis where you like pop out of cover and you're auto aimed onto something and you just pop shoot 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 and they're right. dead and then you just go back into cover and immediately back out and you're auto aimed onto the next guy and just repeat that process and it just auto aims you onto each into in each individual enemy and it made it way too easy to pass things. So, I mean, I guess you say that, but I died a lot in Red Dead 2. Go ahead, say it. I, I suck at that game. Go ahead, say it. <laughs> I, that's what you're thinking. No, no, no. You're I, trying, I was you're saying trying to be you nice. obviously weren't doing what I was doing. You Brian turned the using that you're system. not playing the game no, right. No, it's just you weren't using the easy mode way of doing it. If you turned off aim assist, you started to die a lot because it started to actually have difficulty. Yeah, I don't remember if I messed with the settings or not. Either, yeah, I don't remember if I turned that aim assist off or if I just suck and, and can't hit anything whenever I'm well, it, in there. Or just try to take on too much at once, maybe. I would just run in places and be like, I'm going to fucking get... No, I'm dead. It, yeah, it was, oh, I, go ahead. I remember what the the last mini game that, that bothers the shit out of me is the duels. For some reason, I no. can't figure out like the the flick up and flick down and and fire <laughs> yeah. all at the same time thing, and they're kicking the shit out of me right now. It's bad. I feel like those were tricky until you got it down. Like once you did okay. enough of them that you had that muscle memory. But but the the thing like I can go practice like the horseshoes for like hours, and I can get better at it, you know. But yeah. like the duels only happen every so often when one guy's like. <laughs> you think you're better than me and then he starts fighting you you know or whatever but um (laughs) uh, but like until that happens like i can't practice that you know there's no like like (laughs) a dual practice dummy or something you know (laughs) which honestly they should have put something in there for that that would have right right like at your home base or something there's just like a stupid dummy like let's pretend he's a dueling guy (laughs) (laughs) and shoot him you know like the, the way you say Every that impression Andy does huh? sounds I really the same. you know I, I really am gonna need a hot take from you on the best part of Red Dead 2 if you get to that point because <laughs> there is one scene in there that is just you'll love it. it and like it was honestly the most fun I had with a video game I think last year which is saying something because I didn't enjoy Red Dead 2 that much but the one the one bar scene it, it, it's beyond oh, I, fantastic I think I know what you're talking about um Basically, I'm not going to tell you anything more about it except you get hammered off your ass and you're wandering around a saloon looking for your friend. And you're so <laughs> drunk, you start seeing him everywhere. <laughs> like, you're, you're that pass out drunk. That's funny. And your goal, it's like a mission. It's an actual mission in the game that you have to find your friend. Story mission, like main story. <laughs> so it's everybody that plays it experiences it. And it's fucking hilarious. Especially if you explore. Yeah, it's great. Um, so I'll need your hot take on that when 
that time okay. it comes. I'll need to hear your impressions of what you see and hear there. If you get there, the rate you're going, you're going to be on Red Dead 1 for a while. Yeah. There's a lot of content there. And then one other video game that I've been playing that uh, I was actually thinking about buying before they released it on Xbox Live Gold for free is Blood <laughs> Bloodstained Curse of the Moon. Oh, interesting. I thought about this. I think I downloaded that, but I haven't played it. Um, it's very Castlevania retro. That's what I got from the screenshots. Yeah. Um, except you get four characters you can kind of switch between. You get Zangetsu, who's like the typical Castlevania, just wields a sword. Um, you know, average jump and doesn't really have any other abilities other than that. You know, mm. it's the same spiel. Like you, you, you slash the the lights and they they'll drop like weapons every once in a while that you can use your special weapon for that you have little like you know 30 out of 60 special weapon left then you get this this girl who's got a higher jump a slide and a whip who has a couple other different things i think her name is maria i could be wrong on that um you get this alchemist guy who has this little beat stick that has very small range but he gets really cool special (laughs) <laughs> weapons for it's like these huge frost arrows and i love that it's a beat stick by the way yeah it is it, it's horrible it, it's like a like you'd be billy club punching, you'd be better off punching things um <laughs> it's awful it, it, it's really hard to be him and succeed without using his magic <clears throat> and then you get this uh, i don't know if he's a demon or a vampire or something but he turns into a bat and you can fly around the stage and stuff it's pretty cool <laughs> but i recently beat it on casual last night actually and there's a nightmare mode that i just started and it turns out that you don't get the main character with the sword anymore you just have the other three and let me tell you this fucking game is hard without <laughs> that dude <laughs> I like the second stage boss is kicking the ever living fuck out of me and I remember just kind of like <laughs> thinking it, it was like an afterthought and the first time through I was yeah. like oh that, that, that boss was okay you know <laughs> this time I'm like what the fuck this guy's kicking the shit out of me he's throwing ice crystals and things are dropping on me and he's spinning around and there's bubbles and fuck so, <laughs> but um I don't know if you guys know this, but Bloodstained Curse of the Moon is actually the bonus game to a Kickstarter game for the actual game. Oh, okay. Wait, wait say that again. Okay. <laughs> so uh, it's it's called, I believe it's called Bloodstained Ritual of the Night is the Kickstarter game that, okay. that got released. And I believe it's one of the guys that originally worked on a lot of the Castlevania games. He, he's mm-hmm. supposed to be like the godfather of the genre or something. Um. And it got kickstarted, and they said that they would release this like like neat little retro platformer game in the vein of Castlevania, um, and that's what Bloodstain Curse of the Moon is. They release it before the actual Bloodstain Ritual of the Night, like the actual AAA game that's supposed to be coming out. Okay, so the AAA game is not going to look like this game. No, no, it's it you know actual graphics, and but it's it's okay, it's, gotcha. it's okay. still the same style, I believe, uh, like the platformer type thing. Yeah, um, and I've. There's actually really cool uh, trailers for both. So I, I would recommend checking out the trailers. Uh, pretty cool. It's, it's well, I mean, I'm assuming you both got it for free, so it's not going to cost you anything. You, you want to give it a try. But if you want a little bit, yeah, of, little bit of retro, 
to you. I mean, it's got the cool retro graphics, cool retro music, um, storylines, you know, little weak, but retro, <laughs> but it's, but it's retro, you know, you, you get a few little scrolling words and then you're like, ha ha, here we go. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I, I think they did a good job, uh, incorporating a lot of neat things that you wouldn't expect from a retro game in this game. Uh, like the boss, a lot of the bosses mechanics and stuff mechanically are, are pretty, pretty awesome. And, uh, I'm really looking forward to Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, which is the one that should be releasing that I believe is a AAA game. So yeah, I'm, okay. I'm looking forward to this. I believe it's uh, slated for this year at some point. Awesome. Okay. Cool, cool. I don't know if they coincide story-wise or not, but yeah. <clears throat> I can't say it enough. I've had a blast playing this game. So, Especially for free. For free. Fuck. Yeah, I was going to spend fucking, what was it, like 15 bucks on it, and then it was like, <laughs> one day I turn on my Xbox, and I'm like, <gasps> download. <laughs> that That's what happened to me with or Celeste. Of course, I was like, today is what? The the last day of February, so chances are it's not free by the time people hear this podcast. Oh, fucking hell, man. Sorry, yeah. guys. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the same exact thing happened to me with Celeste. I was about to buy it, and then popped up on Games with Gold. There you go. Sometimes it's better to wait them out. Yeah, I mean, I buy every game with gold. Like anytime, oh yeah, game, I claim uh, it. Like I, I, I claim it, but I don't download it. You know, same here. It's like, hey, we're downloading you, and I'm like, no, fuck you, exit. Yeah, I, <laughs> I just want to be able to games with gold, and I know several of them. I'm never going to play, but I just grab them just yeah. because. Yeah, like hey, one day I might like you know, want to play this piece of shit, but um. <laughs> Because <laughs> some of those games, honestly, they they look like a piece of shit, really. Yeah. They, some of them, you're like, uh, yeah, okay, well, that's free, All right. <laughs> <laughs> but this one, this one, uh, yeah, like, good times so far. Awesome. And nice. This second stage boss is going to be the death of me. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> that was my video game category. All right, Mike. I think uh, I think you're up. Um, I'll, I'll stick with the video game category, and I'll touch on. Uh, games with gold as well uh, for this month and Brian I texted you about this one on uh, you know just to make sure you didn't miss out on seeing it um, Jedi Knight Jedi Academy was up there the original Xbox game um, oh yeah I, I ended up you know I didn't install it but you know oh I, I installed it <laughs> and uh, my I mean I played it back in the day and I'll be playing through it again. Um, probably thinking starting another play uh, like the new playthrough of that Monday. Can't wait to jump back into that game. It's been a long time, and it was a awesome experience the first time around. Um, and gaming. Other than that, uh, the there's a couple games I've been playing. Um, that uh, one uh, I came back to recently is a mobile game called Marvel Contest the Champions. Um, the company that runs it has gotten quite a bit less predatory with their practices called Kabam. And now actually, thankfully due to the, um, changing status of the X-Men and Fantastic Four and all that, they're being incorporated into the game finally. So, um, for those who don't know, the Contest Champions is a 2D fighter, um, gesture based, um, but it's much, much deeper than many of the other ones I've played. Um, 
the combat system actually requires you to pay attention, to know things, to parry, to intercept attacks, to actually play it like a fighting game with simple gestures. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's a collecting game just as much as it is a fighting game. Um, and definitely worth hopping into and trying. You can play for free, and it's a lot more forgiving than it was years ago when I quit playing the first time. Because the company that was running it then was just flat out fucking evil with how they handled things. And they're no longer quite so evil, so definitely a shift to the imp improving nature there. Um, on to my early vote for game of the year, which I hope the game I talk about after trumps that over. Uh, but is Resident Evil 2 Remake. Um, I, you know, I keep trying to start up other games and I keep going back and saying, ah, just one more playthrough on Leon B or on Claire A or so, just something where it's just so much damn fun to play this game and seeing how fast you can make a run through, um, just like, you know, the original Resident Evil two is amazing. Um, and I, I've, I've told everybody that can hear it, play this game. It is not a simple, you know, paint job upgrade for Resident Evil 2, the way that I feel like the first Resident Evil remake kind of was a paint job upgrade. This is much more of a complete overhaul. This game was rebuilt from the ground up. Um, Mr. X is an annoying bastard in every mode now, not just B scenarios, which is just... Some people might be annoyed by it, but I find it just outright fun that he puts you under pressure for the entire time after your first encounter with him. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty much ready to move on from that game. Uh, thankfully, cause I did finally get my S plus on hardcore. Um, that's hardcore mode is kind of like just what resident evil used to be. You have to use ink ribbons to save. Um, and, and that's pretty much it. Like, you know, enemies are tougher, but you don't get auto-saves uh, like you do with the other two modes. You have to go back to actually using ink ribbons again. And S-plus required, uh, I think it was under two and a half hours to beat it to get the hardcore S-plus and unlock the unlimited rocket launcher. Um, which, yeah, you know, I, I played through again with the unlimited rocket launcher just because I didn't do all that work not to just blow shit up for fun for a <laughs> while. Um, and honestly, the rocket launcher is so satisfying in that game. <laughs> you hit a zombie and it just explodes into a million pieces. It's wonderful. Um, but uh, yeah, other than that, um, I've been replaying um, Dark Souls and Bloodborne to prepare for the upcoming release of Sekiro. Which comes out March twenty second. That game looks really cool. I I cannot soak up enough from software content. Um, it, it the the games they've made so far have kind of like progressed in difficulty. Um, to the point where like Bloodborne is definitely the hardest game in the series. It's unfortunate for me that it's PlayStation only because I struggle with a PlayStation controller uh, a lot more than I do with Xbox. Uh, but it's, it just keeps stepping it up, and it looks like Sekiro is like that next step um, in difficulty. And yeah, everything I see of the game. I, it's one of the few games I've pre-ordered for a physical copy in a long time. Um, 
And I think with the pre-order, uh, I'm getting a Katana letter opener, which looks kind of fucking awesome. That's kind of neat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I, I asked. Does it have a sheath and everything? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it has, like, a stand. Nice. <laughs> and, you know, like, a sheath. So it's like... It's like a little mini display sword, but it's a letter opener that I'll never use because who the fuck uses a letter opener? Who the fuck gets letters? You're going to walk around your house and be like, I'm a giant with a small katana. <laughs> I wasn't until you said that. <laughs> now I'm definitely going to do it. <laughs> uh, it, it. It's Sekiro is my most anticipated game for this year, uh, without a doubt. Um. I think I was talking to Brian the other day when I said, you know, the Dark Souls games of the last decade, that's my favorite game series. Um, and Sekiro, while it's not going to be a game that falls into the same, I'd say even category as Souls games, the combat's going to fall into that category. But the difference uh, upcoming with Sekiro, the main difference is that we get a narrative-focused adventure here where our character... Is not one that we create. Um, we do not pick up different weapons throughout the world to use and choose our own build. Um, a lot of those type of RPG elements have been taken out. But it looks like they've done that in part for the story and in part so that they can ramp up the difficulty based on the specs of your individual character. Um, and I'm really looking forward to diving into that head first and seeing... Just how difficult the game is, just what all is there for us to play, and um, yeah, the the guy in charge is uh, Hide Miyazaka, Miyazaki. Sorry, um, anything that guy's been involved in so far is a complete smash hit for me and my tastes. So, uh, I can't wait, and I encourage anybody to try it, I, even if it looks really difficult. It's gonna be fun. Is that all platforms? Yes. Okay. Yeah, thankfully... <clears throat> yeah, I didn't know if it was going specific to PlayStation or something. No, thankfully not. Um, Bloodborne's the only one they did that was. Um, I'm not really sure why that is. Uh, but... Bloodborne is a game, if you haven't played, that is so good to not be missed by any gamer. Um, I want to say Game Informer on its recent top 300 games of all time had it at like number 30. So top 10% game of all time. I'd say that's a pretty good gauge for that one. Yeah. Uh, definitely one not to miss. Difficulty spike is really high for that one compared to the others, but it's worth it. It's absolutely worth it for the story, for everything, especially if you like Lovecraftian horror. Bloodborne is right there. If you like the more... Gotcha. Uh, I want to say Sekiro, they said it's going to be similar to Tenchu. Um, those games, which I never played. But uh, more stealth yeah. ninja focus kind of stuff than previous yeah, installments. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that for me, for gaming, that's pretty much what I've been doing. Well, gotcha. Um, Alright, so I guess I'll just stick with the gaming trend. Um, cause I haven't really been reading anything and I'll try to burn through some of these cause some of these are just the same crap that I've been sort of playing all the time. Uh, still playing destiny. Um, 
they're getting more content probably around the time this episode comes out, which is Tuesday for us this coming Tuesday. Uh, I know Mike's not too thrilled about it. It's more Gambit stuff mainly is the focus, which I don't mind Gambit. So I'm curious to see how this plays out and if Gambit feels any different or better. Um, yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes. I'm we'll, I, I'm reserving judgment until I play it. So we'll see what happens if we want to revisit that in some capacity later. Um, I am trying to get through my second playthrough of Spider-Man on PS4. I'm going through my last two trophies, which are complete a new game plus playthrough and complete on ultimate difficulty. Is it difficult? So I'm. It's not as difficult as you'd expect. I think it's more just because you get hit and it hurts a lot more. So you might be able to take like two or three hits before you're dead. Uh, so yeah, I, I feel like I, I die a little bit easier, but I'm still, still making it through. I'm somewhere maybe like midway through the third act. So I'm almost done, but I just got to sit down for a good afternoon and, and finally finish it. I'm, I'm bypassing every little like side mission. I'm just playing complete story missions. Cause I think that's all that was required for that. I don't want to get bogged down and doing all the side missions and collectibles that I've already done. Don't they help you level up a lot for that game, though? <laughs> and that might that maybe, but I mean, like once you hit the cap, it's like it takes you so much experience to level up, and then it only gives you one more hit point and one more melee damage after you hit the cap. Oh, okay. So on, yeah, new game plus. So it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. <clears throat> so I incorporated my leveled up character and started with him with all the suits and everything unlocked and all the gadgets and everything that I'd bought. So I had everything there. I so, was just trying to beeline it through the story. So do you feel like that mode is forcing you to use more diverse combat, per se, than the normal mode was? Because that was my only issue with normal uh, difficulty with Spider-Man was that I felt like you didn't have to be very intuitive with your combat choices. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, I feel like I'm still running with my staples. I'm not really switching it up too much, doing stuff. Okay. Um, Yeah, like I said, I think I expected it to be harder. I'm surprised I'm I'm getting through it as easily as I feel like. Um, But yeah, you definitely take more damage. Like, even having... Trying to defend against... Either I can't, <clears throat> I can't remember. I think I have like the the bullet damage defense up, so I don't want to get shot and die. Because without that, I feel I feel like you get shot twice and you're you're done. But at least I can take like three or four hits before I'm down. But if I get close enough to so, for someone to smack me in the face, I'm dead in like two hits because I don't have melee damage on or melee defense. See up. that I used both of those for like the two that you could use. Yeah, I think I did, like, bullets and rockets, because those fucking rock on, lock-on rockets piss me off, and I always seem to get hit when I'm not paying attention. <laughs> the, I didn't have as much trouble with the rockets. It was the guys with the auto rifles that were, like, the yeah. bane of my existence in that game at times. And I'm I'm not planning on going through all the DLC content, because some of those bigger guys with the miniguns and the DLC content were the bane of my existence for <laughs> the people you had to fight. Those guys were fucking terrible. I had a hard time with them. So I don't, I think I avoid them if I just beeline through the story and don't do DLC stuff. So once the trophies are checked off, I'll probably put the game down for a while until probably I watch Spider-Verse and <laughs> want to be Spider-Man again, and then I'll just fire it back up. Um, uh, the other game that I have been bouncing around between is Far Cry 5. I picked that up on sale somewhere around Christmas, so I've been trying to chip away at that story and play that game. Um, those games are always fun. There's 
another game that's open world that you get a lot to do, side missions and collectibles and all that stuff. And they, those games, when you play them, they're first person shooters, but you are stuck in first person. When you drive cars, you are stuck in first person. You cannot pull the camera out to third person to see where you're driving. Cutscenes are all in first person. So it's a very immersive experience. I feel like when you play those games, um, and they always have really good villains. The, the last, three especially I, I feel like with far cry 5 i spent so much time exploring that wilderness area just so i could fly fish um mm, it, because yeah. it, it was just like i can fly fish in this game and, and yeah. there's all these different crazy fish to, okay i'm in and then I'd, i i felt like <laughs> i wasted so much time that i may have actually completed that storyline if it wasn't for the fishing distracting me so much <laughs> So you haven't finished the game yet? No, I have not finished it yet, because I, I, I'm not kidding. Okay. I probably spent a solid 20 to 25 hours just fishing. <laughs> just because it was a phenomenal fishing mechanic that they put in the game. Yeah, that hasn't been that much for me. But, yeah, it, it is easy to get distracted. I think I'm like... I did I did one of the brothers. I have... I'm like halfway through the second brother, and I still have to do the sister, and then go after the main guy. Okay. So I'm still, yeah, still got a good chunk of stuff to do, but yeah, it's, it, it is really enjoyable. I like that franchise. I, I have heard mixed things about New Dawn, which was the one they just released this month. Okay. Um, which seems like it's a direct sequel to Far Cry 5 from what I gather. I haven't read much about um, it personally. Um, so I'll take your word for that. Cause I think it's the same, same area, but I think at least from watching the trailer from New Dawn, it basically spoils, I think, the ending of Far Cry 5. Oh, really? So, like, New Dawn feels fallouty. Like, a like oh, the trailer for New Dawn opens with a nuclear weapon going off, and you're just stuck in the aftermath, and you... you... So, obviously, something happens at the end of Far Cry 5 to trigger a nuclear explosion or some sort of bomb going off there to fuck everything up, so... Sure. We'll see what happens when I get there. Um... Yeah, and then the only other thing I'm looking forward to, Division 2. I have held off on Anthem, even though I was really, really hyped for that game. It hasn't been getting reviewed very well. No, it hasn't. <laughs> uh, everybody's bitching about shortness of content and end and game Buggier than the Canadian wilderness in summertime. That, too. So, I, I, as much as I wanted to get it day one, I, I decided to wait. I'm glad that I did. I probably will pick it up when it goes on sale, and I'm hoping by then they've ironed out some of the bugs and... It's a little bit more of a solid experience because even I played the demo for like an hour and a half and it looks really pretty. Having your own type of Iron Man suit feels really cool at first. I don't know if that gets old after a while, but it, the initial experience was really fun. I, I feel like it's not the gameplay. You mean at all because the gameplay in the demo was fun. It, you know, like yeah. the gameplay looks amazing. It feels fun. It, it, you know, you've got a lot of options with four different types of suits and, it has a lot of positives going on there, but then when you find out the game launches and, you know, they're doing a game-as-a-service type of thing with this, just like um, Destiny yeah. or the, the Division, which are the two games that it gets compared to the most because they're looter shooters, and it, it's a matter of... It, it launched with something like, if you play it properly, 10 to 15 hours of story content, right. which is abysmal for a game that's supposed to be what it is that there's yeah. no in-game content available for it yet 
And I feel like this is another case of EA pushing a title out the door sooner than it should have been pushed out the door. I know, and I really do not... I'm, I'm crossing my fingers. This does not lead to EA shutting Bioware. It, it's not performing well, so an EA is quite reactionary. Right. So I'm hoping they're going to give it the benefit of the doubt, and they've invested this much money in it that they can just let it sit there. We'll I mean, like- EA is making a shit ton of money off all their sports titles and microtransactions and other games that hopefully they're making enough money to let the studio go and see what happens with this. But It's not like Bioware has a bad track record as far as money goes for them. I don't know. Their last two, under, consi- counting this as one and Mass Effect Andromeda, un- both underperformed drastically. So True. Considering those are both supposed to be AAA titles that are supposed to make millions of dollars for that company. <sighs> I, I don't know. I feel like right now they're definitely in a big hole with Anthem because they were supposedly working on this for what six years, some they, ridiculously thought, long from time. From what I understand, Andromeda did not do well, and at that point they pivoted to Anthem. I think I think Andromeda was supposed to do more, like it was. They wanted it to catch on, and was probably going to lead to more Mass Effect games. Right. And when Andromeda underperformed, they pivoted to focus on Anthem. Okay. Every, everything think, that I, I read think, on I mean, they Anthem might have had people, was, it was that it was like five, six years in development to get to where they're at. And now. they might have had people working on Anthem concurrently with Andromeda, and then the team from Andromeda just went to Anthem yeah. post-Andromeda. Because Andromeda, I think it was only like three or four years ago, so that wouldn't have been, that would have been right in the middle of the development cycle for Anthem. Yeah, and, and I mean, Anthem, I think, is something that, you know, you have to talk about just because it's an example of how not to launch a game. It's not that the gameplay is bad. It's not that the story's bad. It's just you bill it as one thing and you release it without enough. And that's going to get a lot of flack from gamers. Because gamers that want that type of game want games they can dump hundreds of hours into. And it's not that. Yeah, so that compared to the Division Two, which is a game I'm looking forward to. I think that's the one I've, I've I'm pretty sure I'm going to buy day one. I think they're they're advertising and marketing that one very well. Open beta is this weekend, which will be this past weekend when this episode comes out. So I'm anxious to dive in and see what that feels like trying it this weekend. Um, I'm sure I'll hop. But I really like that. the first division. I I really like the first division. So I'm I'm in the setting for this. Like it doesn't feel. It's an urban environment, but they're they're adding more variety to it, where it's not just city streets everywhere. Yeah, that, that was... And, and you're stuck in the city. I, I feel like that was my biggest issue with the first division. The environments did not feel very diverse, and I got yeah. bored with it very quickly because of that. Yeah. Um. I think I told you before, though, I'm also not a third-person shooter kind of guy. I, I, if I'm going to play a right. shooter, I do prefer first-person. And at least, like, The Division has been marketing already what their year one content drops are going to be. So the first year of content, they will have a bunch of free episodes for people to play and endgame activities they've ironed out. So they have a plan in place. I think they learned a lot from Division 1 to figure out what people want and how to keep people invested in this game. So that... That already has me excited, and so I'm, I'm looking forward to what that they, game the is. The eight-man raid that they talked about caught yeah. my attention. Yeah. There, was, there wasn't a lot they were going to say that was going to get my attention for Division 2, 
but an eight-man raid caught my attention right that's away. That's doubled the amount of players that those endgame activities were for Division yes. One. They were only four. So, considering you're you're doubling the player count to put people in there, I don't know what the hell they got planned, but that sounds crazy as fuck. Yeah, eight people having to go in together. That that to me sounds like something that's going to be extremely challenging. Which is why it gets my attention, is because I want to go into that. I want stuff that challenges me to think while I'm playing these type of games. And if they can do that, I'm down. Andy, any interest in Division 2? I didn't play the first one, so... I don't think you'd need to. Like, I really think if you wanted to play this, you could just jump into 2 and you'd be fine. It's not like any progress or anything carries over to the second one. Oh, I know, but the the first one didn't really grab me to play, so I'm... okay betting that the second one won't really grab me to play that's fair. right i'm just thinking if mike and i try to fill an eight-man roster <laughs> we, we need we need some time to play <laughs> you may need to look elsewhere than me yeah <laughs> i'm not saying i'm gonna have this game right away either because um, <laughs> i'll probably be playing it elsewhere huh? i was gonna say that the division's launching around the same time <laughs> as sekiro uh, no okay well when it goes on sale i'll be texting both okay. of you. i'm sure you will <laughs> that it's now thirty dollars please pick it up <laughs> Uh, all right, so that's that's actually the end of my list. I got nothing else, so if, uh, I'll throw it back to Andy if you guys want to go through anything I just else. have a couple of quick ones. Um, I've been reading uh, book two of the uh, Chris Claremont and uh, George Lucas sequels to the movie Willow. Oh. Oh. Okay. I didn't know that was a yeah. thing. Yeah, it's a trilogy. The books go um, Shadow Dawn. I'm, I'm sorry, Shadow Moon, Shadow Dawn, and then Shadow Star are the three books. I'm on Shadow Dawn, and um, it's pretty solid. I mean, Chris, Chris Claremont, and he has a lot of notoriety in the comics world even. And uh, He's a George legend. Lucas, yeah, George Lucas, you know, can't really go wrong there either. And you know, I you love right though, so I'm surprised he's listed as an author. Well, it says story by George Lucas, written okay, by Chris okay. Claremont. So that makes they, more they, sense. Yeah, I think he was just kind of like, hey, yeah, do this and get him to do that, and, 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 and you know, like just you know, think about all the green screen I could put yeah, in there. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's pretty good. Um, I really like it. Uh, I'm looking forward to finishing this book and going to the third book. Um, and I wanted to point out with that that I recently saw a Chris Evans tweet about, um, as an actor, who would you sell your soul oh, to be? I saw your retweet. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Who would you – I can't remember how they, how they put it, but it was Joseph Gordon-Levitt that asked it. Is that who would you you know want to be in the past? Like what was what's it was like who you, who you could sell your soul like to play one role? Yeah, what would yeah. that role it be? Was, and it, it, his instant response was Mad Mardigan from Willow, hands down. And I was like, yes, yes, because Val Kilmer <laughs> killed that. He killed it, and that movie was so awesome. And that's why I'm reading <laughs> these books. And I suggest that you, if you uh, like the movie as well, that the books are very good. And then um, the only other thing after that is uh, played a card game on the tabletop card game called the Oregon Trail card game. Oh, nice. <laughs> I've seen that places. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a Target exclusive. Um, Did you die of dysentery? Multiple times. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't think I've gotten past like the first fucking bend in the in, on the way to the on the way to New York. Your wagon's so flooded. The way the game's the set up, it, it, you need a lot of people. You need like six people or four people. I can't remember how many people play. I think it's five, six, something like that. But you, the more okay. people you have, the more people you can kill off on your way to the Oregon Trail. And if one person <laughs> wins, everyone wins. Well, Emily and I okay. have been playing it with two people, and you know what? She dies of a snake bite, and I'm like, okay, well, you know what? Like the third card, and I'm sure it's going to be dysentery. And oh well, no, it was the fifth <laughs> card. So, oh yeah, I died of dysentery. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking forward to playing that with some more people, so that maybe we can make it to fucking Oregon. But uh, so what know. he's saying is he'll buy the Division Two if we go and play Oregon Trail. Yeah, <laughs> sold. Sold. <laughs> Um, I will die of dysentery. Absolutely, numerous yeah. times. And, and there is play there is an expansion. It's a standalone and an expansion. I think it's called uh, Oregon Trail: The Hunt for Food. Uh, I haven't tried that <laughs> one yet, though. So <laughs> hopefully, um, I get to kill some squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> I feel I feel like anybody like that's like twenty five and younger has no idea what the fuck right, you're talking right. about. Right. <laughs> I hate it when you... You guys don't know. That was the only game yeah. that was on like school computers yeah. <laughs> back in the day. Yep. Um, uh, but that that's that's all I've been really up to. So. It, in, in terms of the tabletop card game, you actually reminded me, Amy and I picked up uh, Boss Monster. That uh, is a great game. I love that game. I have it, and I have most of the expansions. We bought... I haven't played... I haven't played the expansions yet, but the original is really good. Uh, we I have the second edition like i have the first boss monster and then i have the whatever the, the mini bosses I, ha- I have that and then i have the silver box as well which is just like the second version of the main game it's like okay it, it, as opposed to like the rise of the mini bosses added um different mechanics to it so you add like a mini boss to a room and there's coins in the rise of the mini bosses and it, it, it's a whole different mechanic you can play it by itself or add it to the main game um but the silver box is just a big addition to the first game okay um or you again you could play it by itself yeah i mean it's a completely contained game or an addition what we haven't bought yet is any of the little ones that come in like the game boy size packs oh yeah yeah i have those i just i haven't i've played the original one and i just haven't busted any of the other ones open but I love the original, so I can't imagine I would hate any of the other ones. So, well, we may we may have to get together and play this sometime because Boss Monster yeah. is amazing and it's really good. Yeah, it, it, it's. Can you quickly explain what it is for people that don't know what that sure. is? Sure, um, it's a card game, uh, and what you're trying to do is set up a dungeon uh, in a video game. You actually are playing the villain. You're trying to kill the heroes, and you're using your dungeon to do that. Um, so you get a you know a boss card, which is mostly just kind of to determine who goes in what order. Um, right. It has one ability that gets used once in the game, um, which can be really valuable if it's done properly. But it's still just there, and they're cool as art on these cards. Like it's old uh, video re- game, retro, yeah, like old Nintendo type, yeah, eight bit type awesomeness. Yes, and it has all these just ridiculous tropes of rooms <laughs> for the yep. games. You know, like you'll go in and it's, you know, the uh, 
I can't remember like the names, but the the ones like the the something something smasher, and it's it's just a room that like you can destroy this room to kill somebody that's in the room. Yeah, <laughs> it, and it it looks like the giant like um, twisting spikes from Super Mario World. You know, like the things that come down from the ceiling. It just like looks like that's in the room. Um, but but it has all kinds of different ways to do it. But basically, your goal is to lure heroes to your dungeon, and then to kill them in your dungeon. And then um, the yeah, the person who lures and kills the most he- heroes worth the most amount of points at the end of the game wins. Gotcha. Yeah, I was, I was going to say I think they list it as like you have to eat. If you're playing, you either get five wounds and you're out, which right. is five heroes that survive your dungeon. They don't die. They don't take enough hit points through your dungeon. And it's then you harder take than wound. it sounds as well. <laughs> oh, especially when the spell cards come in and you can fuck with oh, other yeah. people's dungeon. Yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, I can kill that guy. And then you're like, oh, no, I can't do shit to that guy now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, like it, it, it'll just be like, oh, I can negate this room for a turn on you. Ha <laughs> ha. And, yeah. <laughs> or you play a spell card that's like an insta-kill on somebody, and somebody has a ne- spell card to negate it. it it's fucking... It's amazing. It's, it's brutal, yeah. Um, a lot of fun, though. A lot of fun. Yeah. It, it, it's definitely, definitely worth picking up and having fun. And it's an easy game to learn. Yeah, I yeah. imagine it's quite hard to master. Um, but anybody, even if you're new to tabletop card games, you can pick this up and learn it pretty quick. Cool. Uh, Andy, do you have anything else, or you got through? That's all I got. All right, Mike, you got anything else to finish finish off with? No, I'd, I'd call that my last thing because I didn't even know it was actually there uh, <laughs> until he reminded me of the tabletop games, and I was like, "Oh, I have to talk about that." Uh, so, yeah, hashtag Boss Monster, awesome. <laughs> Start a trend. All right, well, I guess that's where we'll close it down. Uh, if you've enjoyed, yeah, this went way longer than I expected it to. I think we're pushing, when do we start? Yeah, we're, we're over two and a half, just about two and a half. I think it's going to be close that for what I thought might be like an hour, hour and a half. We're <laughs> way over track here. So, so before, before you start signing us off, Brian, I have to ask, um, yeah, since we have, you know, a good following in Chile. We didn't. <laughs> I did forget to yeah. do that in the yeah, intro. Yeah. I completely I, I, I was wondering if uh, Mike is still doing the sweet and savory couple. Indeed, I am. Okay, so maybe he can make us a Bry guy and a Super's friends chili in honor of our <laughs> chili fans. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. So for so <laughs> let me. <laughs> Quickly, I should have done. I completely forgot about the intro. And That's I not cool. Wrote it down. It's fucking chilly, and chilly ain't never been cool. <laughs> the <laughs> the, uh, the other day, I got an email from some podcast stat tracking site that told us we were 67th ranked in the uh, film and TV podcast for Chile. Not anywhere else, just Chile. Uh, and that was news to me, so I sent it off to these guys. And then later that day, by the time we checked the link, we had dropped to 115. Yep. yep. We, and, and they sent us the email late because if you look at the graph that it, it graphed us at, we were we were yeah. top 50 there for one day. Yeah. 
it was going down. It was we were we were exponentially falling. <laughs> yes, in Chile. but we so started Chile, on it like forty eight. I don't know what we did to piss you off, but I am sorry. I, I imagine that we, swings pretty quickly on three or four views. Or <laughs> yeah, it's probably just the same five people listening here and there. That week we only had two or something. Yeah, uh, I mean that would be my guess. And unfortunately, I don't know whether or not they speak Spanish or Portuguese in Chile, so I'm not sure <laughs> how to thank them. <laughs> Um, it's all gibberish. So, the whole thank way. you. Um, yes. Gracias, or yeah, however they all, say thank uh, you in Chile, because I don't know how to say it in Portuguese. Uh. <laughs> I meant to intro us all as international pop sensations because I feel like that's what we are now. That's an official title. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Just think if we can get Koreans involved, we could get Ian back on the show and he could actually be a K pop star. I say we just send him over there and just let him do some on-site reporting and just get him out of here. Doesn't uh, on-site doesn't, re- some, doesn't somebody do that? Doesn't somebody send like really kind of off-the-wall people to weird places and then they're like, yeah, let's see what happens? Probably. I think Ian would fit in perfect <laughs> over there. I, you know what? I I don't care where we send him to. I want Ian to do some on-site reporting for us from <laughs> that somewhere. Would be awesome. It'd be so great. Trisha Takanawa. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just want to hear Ian just talking to random people on the street, just asking them questions about something. Do you want to buy some magazines? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. All so, right. Yeah, uh, Mike, uh, Super Friends Chili. All right. In honor of Chili. <laughs> <laughs> I will, um, you know what? I am perfectly willing to do that, and maybe that can be our lunch when we're over at Josh's place. Oh, that sounds like a. As long as it doesn't make me go to the bathroom 20 times. Well, I, you know, I'm going to work it out this way. It's going to be Super French Chili because I'm going to take an ingredient that each one of you recommends and I'm going to use it in the chili. Oh, yeah. Oh perfect. I, I don't know if that sounds good or not. <laughs> well, <laughs> it, 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 it'll be to a certain extent. If somebody's just an okay. asshole and is like, uh, put like Carolina Josh. Reapers in it, I'm going to yeah. say... No. Scorpion pepper. <laughs> for, for whatever reason, my first reaction was like fruit roll-ups. Oh, fruit fucking roll-ups. God. What the hell are we going to be eating? We're definitely going to be shitting our brains out, all of us. <laughs> as long as it doesn't make me shit. This is Put some fruit roll-ups in the, the toilet. Chili. Like... <laughs> it's one of those games of chicken just to see if you actually do it. If I suggest anything, will you just will you go and see what happens? If you guys promise to eat it, I will promise to cook it. Okay. <laughs> oh, this just turned into a very deadly and serious game. Uh, Naga, Naga Jalaki. <laughs> All right, I'm signing us off before we keep talking about this. Uh, if, you, if you've enjoyed the show, please stop by iTunes. Leave us a five-star rating and review. Be sure to share, subscribe, favorite the show. As always, you can find us on Facebook. Search Brian Super Friends or go to Facebook.com slash Brian Super Friends. You can send us questions, comments, topics, suggestions. You want to join the conversation. That's probably the best way to do it. Uh, I'm not even know, sure if it's worth saying the email because I never check it. Brian Super Friends at gmail.com. Uh, or you can find us at Twitter at BG Super Friends. Uh, that one I will check. On behalf of Andy, Mike, and myself, thank you for listening. We talked way too long, and we'll talk to you next time. Vote Quimby.